everybody, and welcome to episode 334 of Vidya Game Apocalypse. I'm here to bring you a new awakening. My name is Michael Raparez. I'm your host for this episode and most of the other ones. Who else is here in the mystical, magical, your name here, Memorial Studio of the Airwaves with me? Disgrace Sonic cosplayer Chris Antista. And host that's sure to put you to sleep, Matthew Allen. <laughs> and special guest number one. Uh, you'd think he'd know to have a prepared nickname by now, Chris Baker. <laughs> <laughs> and special guest number two. Whoa. Hey, shut up. It's me, it's Brett. Yeah. <laughs> we, are, we are pulling out all the stops on this episode. This is going to be an amazing episode where we dig in and talk about Zeldas. But not just Zeldas. any Zeldas. Zelda, Zelda's the dog, by the way. Yeah, Zelda is the dog. <laughs> we named the dog Zelda. Uh, but this this week, obviously, Zelda: Link's Awakening, the remake, is coming to Switch. Remakening, remakening. Yeah. Link's remakening is coming to Switch. It's very cute. We're all very excited. I'm tired of all these good games coming out in like a two week period. Yeah, Let's please stop. Shit. To mark this occasion, we thought it'd be fun to talk about. I think, did you come The up brand with- new season of Elm Street Nightmare on Patreon.com slash LazerTime focusing on the Child's Play series and Chucky? Yes. Yes. That's Thank why you. I came on. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for getting that plug in, Michael. Or, I appreciate that October, very much. Or Rocktober months for VGM, well, it's, which it's is... It's Rocktember. Rocktember, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I am sorry. Uh, you gotta, you got to take these opportunities where you can get them. But why? Can, can you say yet why you're cramming in all these appearances? I know why he was sued by an FM DJ for Rocktober. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, oh, yeah? Well, guess what? Rock Timber, the one no one asked for or wanted. But yeah, I, I mean, I'm in between. Uh, I have a week off. I posted online. I, I left Capcom uh, a week ago. So this is my week in between this and my next gig. So a little information still to come on where I'm going. But be sure to you know let everyone know. But definitely since you were texting me, Michael, about... Hey, which Zelda is the best or whatever it was? And I'm like, actually, uh, good, th- great timing because I got nothing to do this week. Yeah. yeah. Other than and you really needed to start talking about it before you started your new job at Movie Pass, which yeah. I still think is a mistake. You no, know, it was that or Suncoast, and I'm yeah. like, man, one of these, one of these has got I, a I'm big just, future ahead. I'm of just it. gonna blow the lid off it. Brett's gonna be the new voice of Movie Phone. It's oh, gonna be Mr. So Movie. Fantastic. Why don't you just tell me the name? <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, I thought. No one's really tried a Patreon of just call me and I'll tell you what movies to see. <laughs> but yeah, the Warriors every time the Warriors <laughs> every time it's yeah. just it's the Warriors or it's Flight of the Navigator. It's like yeah, there you go. The only two movies. I thought that was going to be going an even more pathetic direction. Like, oh, have you ever done a Patreon for call me? I'll be your friend. Uh, we can talk. If you- <laughs> I, will, uh, I, I can assure you that's not sustainable. <laughs> you will not have to ask me to leave. <laughs> I will know when. But yeah, Zelda Link's Awakening coming to Switch. And what is special about this game? Among other things, I guess I guess one thing is that it's not set in Hyrule. It's not, Michael. It was actually the first Zelda game not set in Hyrule, I think. Koholint Island. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The, the domain of the windfish. Yes. Which sleeps forever dreaming. In an egg. Uh-huh, yeah. So this episode, we are going to look at five Zelda games that go outside the borders of Hyrule, the, the country, land, whatever you want to call it, where 
most Zelda games are set kingdom, I guess? It's the kingdom of Hyrule. Yeah, and I mean, the oh. timeline does get, you know, fuzzy, and then for the 25th anniversary or whatever it was, they mm. put out, here's the real one, but like any legend or religious text, it's full of contradictory things, mm-hmm. or, you know, this one has more weight in this side of the community than, than the mm. other one, but... Hyrule's like kind of rise and fall, but there is sort of even amongst across all the echoes and eras of time, there is still a sense that like oh, there's a like basic Hyrule that kind of exists the yeah. whole time. It may it may like crumble or get damaged or whatever, but you kind of assume it's roughly the same geographic location or vaguely the same continent or whatever. Mm-hmm. And these games, uh, especially the number one entry. Blurs that line a little bit, but um, all of these take place. The game actually goes out of its way to say this is not "quote unquote" Hyrule. This is some other kingdom or place, and we've bothered to name it something else. Yeah. Well, yeah. Michael, you were actually talking. You're like, yeah, it's the first that wasn't in Hyrule, but it's it's not like there were that many Zelda games out when Link's Awakening first came out, right? Like, yeah. Was this true. the fourth? This or is the fifth. This is the fourth. Yeah, yeah. the fourth. Yeah, so, uh, was it, so was I guess the reason... Or after the CDI ones, which don't count. Stop it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I guess the reason I bring that up is because it could have been a thing the series did on the reg at that yeah. point. It's like, oh, it's the fourth one in. Maybe maybe they won't be in Hyrule anymore. Mm-hmm. And then they kept, you know, ah, we'll go back. Yeah, and we'll every once in a while, reshape, they take a sojourn. And... Every, every game just kind of reshapes yeah. Hyrule to its needs. But mm-hmm. there's, there's always certain things that are consistent. There's always a castle, except for in the very first game. There's always uh, a Death Mountain. There's always a lighthouse. Mm-hmm. Yep. Lots of lighthouses, lots of different yeah. Elizabeths. There was a lot of experimentation and things. I feel things didn't like totally solidify. It took a while because even mm. Zelda one and two are obviously very different. And then Link's Link to the Past is a bigger budget, prettier, more thoughtful version of Zelda one um, with a little bit of narrative actually moving you along. But then Link's Awakening is this you know brilliant one off that's full of like quirky characters and it's a very bizarre island you're on. But then. Ocarina to me is the one that kind of starts setting patterns where it's mm-hmm. like, well, we're kind of going to yep. do the links link to the past bit again yeah. with three things and then a quest to find more smaller things. And that's why at a well at a glance at the list, uh, never mind. I don't want to spoil anything, but I thought they it's because they were all portables. Like the like mm-hmm. the rule of it having to be high rule hadn't really been established yet because there were only like three real Zeldas. Yeah, it is interesting. Mm. Most of these are handles. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Most, if not all, actually. Uh, uh, except for one that ended up being on a handheld. Mm. What's mm. number five, Mike? <laughs> <laughs> mm. Well, we'll get into that right after this. Would you like exclusive bonus podcast commentaries and more from the Laser Time crew? Then we strongly encourage you to support this show on patreon.com slash laser time. It supports not only this show, but all the rest of the Laser Time Network. You'll get commentaries, play games with the hosts, see exclusive videos first, and receive an uncut weekly ad-free podcast bonus time. Speaking of which, here's a quick taste. That's how you end up crying to a Fleetwood Mac grandma <laughs> montage one in the morning. We've all and, been there. Uh, not me. Uh, <laughs> welcome. Welcome to, the club. Um, welcome to the club. That was weird. My buddy's like, I'm going to set you up with this girl, but I got to tell you right now, she's way too out of your fucking way. I'm like, what? Yeah. <laughs> he had been asking me, like, you ever seen Queer for the Straight Guy? I'm like, no, no, no. And, and like, why do you keep asking me that? And like, why don't you shave your neck? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to introduce you to my friend. I want you to shave your I neck. I mean, that's fair. I like someone bringing it up bluntly to me, but you yes. know, I tend to shave about once a week because my, of course, my reaction is like, "Fuck that! No, no, not fuck that! No. I'm willing to change." It is good to have a friend who mm. will give you that feedback. I was just talking about that the other weekend. I, my best friend, mm-hmm. Darbs, 
She doesn't live near here anymore. She hasn't in a long time, but she's, I still love her. She's my mean friend. Mm -hmm. She's my friend that'll tell me like, you need to retire that outfit. (laughs) Get bonus time, a weekly uncensored and commercial free podcast every Tuesday, starting for just $5 on patreon.com slash laser time. And we're back to talk about what? How excited we are about the new season of Elm Street Nightmare exclusively on Patreon.com slash LaserTime starting right this week. Shell! Shell! We're talking about by rule games not based in Hyrule. Zelda games. Oh, that's not bad. Let's just jump in with... Number five. game here is I play a bit of the theme song of this game, and one of you try to guess it before Brett does. I already know the answer. Yeah, I know you know the answer, <laughs> but hold on a second. Does anyone know what this is? So is that from the game itself, or is that from a trailer? That is from That's the game from itself. The game. Is this that is the ending fair fanfare to the game Trog. Um, <laughs> that is a deep pull. How did you know? <laughs> it just sounded like dinosaurs and eggs to me. Yeah, Trog has <laughs> defeated all the claymation dinosaurs and eaten their eggs. Whatever that game's about, I forget. Uh, is um, this Spirit Track? No. Okay. That music I love. But you're on the hmm. right track. Oh, uh, is this? Oh, this is Phantom Hourglass. This is Phantom Hourglass. <laughs> Uh, sound like we were ushering in like the king of podcasts earlier <laughs> and announcing. <laughs> yes, it's the king of podcasts here to play a podcast for you. Um, <laughs> oh, that's the going to be the worst new update of Pee Wee's Playhouse. A black dude in the crown comes in and plays a public domain podcast. Do any of ye have sunglasses, prescription or otherwise? Get ye to uh, following URL joke. DickPills.com. Yes, yes. (laughs) Ye fellows, listen up. Are ye losing some hair on top? Are ye tired of going to the post office? (laughs) (laughs) Phantom Hourglass. So Phantom Hourglass is a direct sequel to Wind Waker. Mm -hmm. Uh, Wind Waker takes place over Hyrule. Mm -hmm. uh, Which which you don't find out till later in the game. That's sort of a spoiler, I guess. Yeah, but... But flooded and sealed, but what? Phantom Hourglass begins with Link and Tetra after the the end of Wind Waker, just mm-hmm. endlessly cruising around the ocean looking for something to do, and uh, kind of like the last third of the game. Yeah, <laughs> they meet a, a ghost ship, then Tetra gets abducted, and Link tries to climb aboard the ghost ship as it sails away, but he falls into the water mm. and ends up in the realm of the Ocean King, which is a Another mysterious ocean world. A different ocean. Yeah, it is a different ocean. Yeah, I remember when this got announced at GDC, like, 07 or something, back when they would announce games at GDC, mm-hmm. or Zelda games of all things. Wow. But it was pretty cool at the time to have this. The DS was really hot through the DS Lite, had come out not long before, and so they had this huge platform blown up with a lot of great games on it, finally, and here was the first Zelda, and little skeptical up front given that it's all touchscreen there's not really directional d-pad controls yeah. mm-hmm. so that was the main gimmick for it. it was like it's all touchscreen and you can chart out your path by drawing on the the, the ocean map and lineback is this very uh pirates of the caribbean style uh, like 
goofy pirate guy who has like a mm-hmm. the, the way he speaks and the way he acts and his body language, like really going for a. I got a very Captain Jack Sparrow ish vibe from that, but this doesn't take place in Hyrule, so it does count. Um, but I, the reason I think it, it's more of a number five of, of the games we have here is I think Spirit Tracks improves the touch controls, and then there's the, this dungeon you go back to again and again that you have to return to, and as you replay and replay and replay this this uh, Temple of the Ocean King. It can get kind of repetitive. But yeah. overall, the- I actually really like this game, and I think the final battle is really cool, because it uses both screens, I think, in a pretty creative way. Um, it's, I, I, I can't believe I was having this discussion today at a game store about how I should replay this. But yeah, the revisiting the, the one dungeon made me bounce. Yeah, it's it's repetitive. Um, for some reason, it didn't bother me as much as other folks, but it, it is definitely when you, you get there... And you're like, oh, this. Okay, yeah. well, never mind. I do remember my hand cramping a lot. Like, the the stylus yeah. control thing, I didn't an Animal Crossing game do this as well, where you had to walk around with the stylus? Like, there were a couple games where I was like, I learned to literally hold the stylus, like, between my, like, ring finger and pinky finger, and it, like, when I wasn't using it, and then I would switch really quickly. Well, it, was, it was the weirdest thing. That, that uh, launch port of Mario 64 made you do yeah. that. And you could uh, use the D-pad. Could you? Pretty sure well, it wasn't. It Is wasn't as good as an analog thing. thing. Well, it definitely yeah. wasn't. Yeah. Is that yeah. the one that had the thumb thing on the strap? That yeah. Was yes. Like, oh. Yes. Yeah. But then the the problem with that was that like it was making you do that, but then all the action was happening in the top screen, away from the touch screen. Well, one so. uh, one thing I was going to say about this title that I wish every game with a map on DS did it let you take the map and pull it down to the bottom screen and make notes on yeah. it with the stylus, which is something that mm-hmm. like. That's like a no-brainer. Like, if you have the stylus and the DS, yeah. like, every game with a map should let you just, okay, make, I'm going to make little annotations, which <clears throat> which I guess sort of Breath of the Wild did years later, right? You, you would make annotations. Mm-hmm. You can draw them, but, you yeah, know. you can you, put little stamps. Different stamps and stuff like that. There. Like, every Zelda game should do yeah. that from now on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I always appreciate when, like, a Metroid, Castlevania, or Zelda-ish game lets you annotate the map in some way. Cause yeah. Whether it's literally drawing on it or, like, blue means come back here. Yeah. I need to go back to the flower. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, but it, yeah, the, the touchscreen controls here were, they, I, th- I thought they were a little bit awkward, uh, cause it, it's, it's kind of difficult to get like the right speed down as you're directing Link around, but also his tools would use the touchscreen as well. For example, you would draw a path for the boomerang and then oh, yeah. let it go along that path. So, but that, that was kind of <laughs> cool. You can just like draw a little line and say like, oh, I want it to hit this switch and this switch and then it'll come back and like, yep. We'll just do that. Yeah. I did an article long ago called, man, what was it? It was like console cameos at Games Radar, where it was like game consoles appearing in games. Uh, and there's a DS island in Phantom Hourglass really? that you can sail up to, and it's literally just a giant DS-shaped island. I don't huh. think it does anything. I don't think you can, I don't remember if you can get on it or not, but I think it's spelled D-E-E-S-S, ah, DS mm-hmm. island. Is it teasing the DSI that later came out? Um, yes. <laughs> I, I'll confirm. play it on a DSI. <laughs> I'll confirm something. that. Yeah. Um, uh, so there's no, like, tingle there selling Nintendo t-shirts ooh, like, oh, you uh, made it this far. Here's your reward. I think not. Can we talk? Did, did we? No Tingle Games made this list, right? Because we, we entertained. No Tingle specific no, no tingle games. Specific. I'm not going to okay. say he's not in it. No, no, no. But there were, we Freshly entertained picked. the idea of there were some Tingle Games not based mm-hmm. in Hyrule that were like, should we put this on the list? But then we're like, no, no, this has to be good games, not mm-hmm. based in high. And I was like, Matt, we don't need Tingle. You already make me Tingle. Gross. Yep. 
I thought you were going to compare me to Tingle and talk about the sadness of my life. And then... <laughs> well, you, you are wearing a Lycra body stocking in green, and I have no idea what that's about. What gets me is you have the Get wrong chat room. You have the wrong color underwear, which is what's really throwing me off. Right. Yes. But you wore it on the outside, so. But. You know, it's supposed to be red and it's just orange, which is not, it's <laughs> totally wrong. I am, I'm more mad that I'm, Brett, more, I'm offended now. Well, look, somebody, frankly, when you're buying these three items, someone's, <laughs> someone at the store is going to know what you're trying to do <laughs> and be like, sir, this is the wrong one. Uh, <laughs> so this is a Wendy's. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, no, I want, I, he's, he's like a Giants tingle. <laughs> he's a Giants fan. Yeah. Oh, sure. I get now. I get. Oh, uh-huh. the orange. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. I thought you were talking about my penis. Thank you. Oh, giant. Uh, yeah. I, I didn't mean to pay you that compliment, but you know, take them where you can get them. I guess. <laughs> can we talk more about Matt's penis? <laughs> <laughs> like his, like his head's great teeth, great teeth in there. Mm-hmm. Can I just say about this game Please. that uh, I, I would love <laughs> to see it get the uh, kind of Link's Awakening treatment for Switch, just because of the controls issue? Because mm. yeah, I. I I stopped playing after a while because it just wasn't my thing with the controls. And I would love to play a more kind of standard, modern, normal Twitch controller version of this game. Yeah, yeah. Not not to bring us off on a tangent, but now that Link's Awakening has set the precedent that they'll remake uh, handheld Zeldas, I I really hope they don't stop because I've I've always had a, a little bit of trouble getting into older handheld Zeldas. I, th- I think the problem with this game uh, is it does rely on the dual screen thing a lot. Yeah, you know, it's, it's, it's this. Yeah, the two DS ones would be very difficult. Um, just because, yeah, they're, they're super reliant on those touch. I mean, entirely reliant on touch controls. And there's, uh, yeah, it, it would be tough. But, I, I would love you to could remake the adventure. Yeah, you'd have to. Just, you'd yeah, have you to. Reimagine you'd it have to do a pretty thorough reimagining. And it's kind of like the same thing with Skyward Sword, where it's like, yeah, sorry, this is kind of stuck on the Wii and mm-hmm. Wii U because of how built around the Wii remote it is. You could change it, but I think you would start losing one of the distinguishing features. Um, yeah. I don't know. I I thought they didn't improve them in the next game, but uh, yeah, Phantom Hourglass, I know like pretty much all my friends in, like in the industry, out of the industry, whatever, everyone bounced out of this game, and I mm-hmm. completed it because I'm me. Yeah. Um, and and had to, I think I did a guide maybe at the time at Radar, um, but that's for what it's worth, I did think the final boss was one of the more creative final bosses because it just like great use of the touch screens the two the two screens mm-hmm. um you just really felt like oh you couldn't do this yeah. um on another platform yeah i did have the working against it the repetition i kind of feel like going back and revisiting this like some of the other ones on this list they have a bunch of like really memorable quirky things that stand out that you can instantly point to it's like oh yeah this character oh yeah i mean that thing and this has linebeck linebeck and yeah. and it also has uh too much water yeah. I mean, well, this also has PvP Zelda. Not many Zelda games. That's true. That. That's true. Oh, that the too much water thing is just a reference to a review line saying too much oh, water. Too much water. Yeah. I mean, both of them have that thing where uh, there's a lot of empty space, and yeah, it's a grid with every grid has something in it. But mm-hmm. I mean, nonetheless. When they when they did the remaster for Wii U, they added like the the super sale to get you there even faster because yeah. um, even in 03, the fun of sailing, like that overworld music and the same thing as Phantom Hourglass. I love that overworld music or overwater music. I don't know. Mm-hmm. The ocean music. Um, but it is a point where you're like, yeah, I just wish I could go faster. What's next? <laughs> Let's move on. <laughs> Number four.
so wait, am I supposed to jump in before Brett guesses it? Yes. Is it? Okay. Brett knows what all of these are, okay. and even if he didn't help me plan the list, he would n- recognize the music. This is one of the oracles. Yes. Or both oracles. It, it, it's actually entry? both oracles. Okay. They have the same uh, okay. same opening, which is kind of cool, actually. <clears throat> and I think before this, Zeldas didn't really have like full screen cut scenes of like cartoon versions of the characters. I mean, Link's Awakening was the first one where you got the like Link holding onto the rope and the ropes tied around his uh, arm. Yeah, yeah. And that, yeah. it's just that one image, really. And mm-hmm. then there, there is like a, a brief vignette of at the beginning and, then, and end of the game. Yeah, yeah. We we would play through entire games just to see oh, a yeah. fucking JPEG back. Yeah. Then. <laughs> it was like yeah. I beat Street Fighter two. There's Guile in all yeah. his glory. Or, or, We've been seeing him the entire game. Or do literally like I got to beat Rescue Rangers just to see a a, a lower res version of the art from the show that I watch every day. <laughs> <laughs> or Ninja Gaiden, one of the hardest games of all time. Mm-hmm. Just to see a fucking parallax scrolling JPEG. Yeah. You're like, oh boy, this is good, some good stuff. It's good stuff. Uh, I, I want to uh, beat Ninja Turtles just so I can see the rat turn back into a human. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the two X-Men games on Game Gear ended with the same image just flipped. Whoa! <laughs> oh, Jesus. I, it, it was almost the exact same image, but you could tell it was like, it, it was birthed from the same place. And the second one, it like cuts off Rogue's hand. So that it doesn't uh, look like uh, you know. Awkward. Wow! So that shouldn't it touch anybody. It look mm-hmm. awkward. It's smart. I'm, yeah. I'm I'm retroactively furious about that. <laughs> well, as long as you bring up two games that basically are flipping things. Uh, oh, come on now. Or- Oracle of Ages and Oracle of Seasons were they they were two complementary games that could be played independently, but they could also be played one as a sequel to the other. Yeah. And it was up to you, depending on what what order you wanted to play them. If you want. Mm -hmm. So Steve Brule, like, if you want. If you want. Uh, But, um, yeah, depending on which one you would do, at the end you would get a password or a code or something, and Mm -hmm. you could then put that in, and Mm -hmm. that would kind of bring over certain things, and then If you beat the next game with that save, you get the real final battle with Ganon. Because mm-hmm. um, individually, I think the kingdom is like Holodrum or something like yeah, that. Well, uh, one of them, I, th- I th- now I'm forgetting which is which. Uh, Michael, but, it's the show about the Zelda yeah, games. Holodrum and Labrina. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think Holodrum is Ages? A- that's Seasons, I think. Seasons. Okay, think yeah, Seasons think- is the one with, with Din, who's who's the, the dancer who you, you, you meet again in a full screen cutscene. Yes. Yeah. Dancing and Link awkwardly tries to dance next to her. I feel like I just lost Excite Bike. You did. <laughs> Congratulations. Bow, now bow, you can bow, stop bow. playing. Yep. Season, seasons is holodrum. Yeah. Thank you. Seasons is holodrum. Yeah. Ages is Labrina because Ages had more of a puzzle focus and hmm. Seasons was more of a almost like light reimagining of Zelda 1 because some like Aquamentus, the dragon comes back. Because um, I think early, and I, I might be mixing like seven different stories into one, which that's what happens when you get older. Um, <laughs> and I had an onion on my belt, which was the style at the time. It was the style at the time. Uh, I was there in 1990. Uh, this was 01, actually. Um, so this is, yeah, this is a very late Game Boy Color game for what it's worth. Mm-hmm. Um, pre, actually post GBA launch, I think. Uh, mm-hmm. Just barely post GBA launch. Yeah, so which I think is why this, a lot of people miss these. Yeah, so we, yeah. we'd had Ocarina and Majora's Mask by this point. Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, those, those have happened. This is the first handheld one though since Link's Awakening. Yeah. Um so it's been since it's been a long time. And it's shouldn't have th- left you without a dope beat step two. <laughs> I think the the timeline puts it between Link to the Past and Link's Awakening, so it's like an interquel. Uh sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, but Oracle of Ages introduces you to the Oracle of Ages. Uh Nehru, where you meet Din while she's dancing, uh Nehru is just singing. 
She has a really weird voice. Is she a robot? Yes. <laughs> to be honest, there's so much lore in these two games that they've never gone back to. I mean, that, Nehru that, and Din have been name-checked in uh, in Zelda's after this. But I they think, have th- things sages. like the Flame of Despair, Michael. Mm-hmm. The Flame of Despair. I feel like uh, we did on Laser Time, like, right after Breath of the Wild launch, we did, the like, all the references on the overworld map. I feel like there had to have been an Oracle one in there somewhere. But it I'm would sure. have just been a very light yeah, right, know, right, na- right, name right. reference. Well, I, I think, yeah, Din and, and Nehru, like, they, yeah, they've Nehru. been attached to spells. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but... I believe the thing I was mishmashing seven stories together, I, I believe these started as three games long ago, and it was supposed to be like a Triforce thing mm-hmm. of power, courage, wisdom. And that got shortened down to two. And then at some point, Seasons was imagined as like a remake of Zelda 1, and that's wow. how you get some of the recurring bosses and things. But then it ends up not really being that at all. Like there's, I think there are some recurring things, but it's not that. And there's like distinct bosses like distinct main villains of each one one of them i think seasons is a big knight i forget his name but anyway yeah. these kind of unique characters and then yeah the, the goal is if you, you you should play them both and then fight ganon and get the real ending i'm just really glad they didn't stick with this because this is the pokemon model you know yeah. for years mm-hmm. it was like yeah on every handheld yeah. we're gonna have two versions of it but these are at least more distinct than yes a gold and yes. silver are well the the two bosses at the end that that resurrect ganon they're called uh is it twin rova twin, twin rova twin rovia let me look it up real quick but you they're were, these two return ocarina witches yeah and they yeah, Twin Rovia. And they, they float around, they assume different forms, and then they resurrect Ganon. And uh, this version of Ganon... It looks sick as hell. Yeah, it, it's basically a simpler version of the sprite from, from Link to the Past. But I think uh, you're yeah, looking I very th- doubtful. No, I think it's just uh, a more stylized version, because the... The link to the past Ganon still is very uh, Pigman mm-hmm. looking thing, and the Oracle one I felt starts to get more like almost anime or. Ca- or... He's still pretty Pigman. I mean, he's definitely he's definitely a pig monster, but mm-hmm. he looks I don't know slightly more stylized and yeah. cartoonish than the link to the past one. Always felt I've tried to approximate a pig becoming a large magician. <laughs> <laughs> Ganon, <laughs> not like that. <laughs> Uh, yeah, this this version of Ganon. He's is a like, whiz pig. What the hell? <laughs> it's an imperfect resurrection because he needs like oh, yeah, Link's yeah. blood or Zelda's blood. To... So he's like mindless. Right? Yeah, he's he's a big dummy. And he he's needs just Zelda's like, blood. Destroy everything, me Ganon, evil king. Do you have this right up? Am I thinking of the right sprite? Let me let me yeah look. T- take a look. But but, but I yeah, feel like if... my, my my memory of this was that he looked a little more stylized. If if you just finish like one of the games on their own, then yeah, you get like this little post-credits ending where, like, Twin Rovia is watching you and then it does, like, a close-up of one of the witch's faces. And if if you just stop there, then that's it. But why would you stop there when you've got two halves of an adventure that you can pay two separate prices for? Yes, and they're both, what, $40? <laughs> Maybe 30 They were probably both 30 At debut, yeah. Yeah. But I don't feel like these are two halves. I feel like these were both legitimate yeah. games and then it just so happened that, hey, we launched two Zelda games on the same day. Mm-hmm. Um, but it reuses a lot of assets from Link's Awakening. Um, so they saved some money there. Yeah. But I thought they were pretty cool. I, yeah, this, he does, yeah, that's not the sprite I'm thinking of. No, it is. Yeah, that's it. He looks pretty he, cool. He's he got looks, like a sweet suit of armor on. He, he's still piggish, but I don't know. He, his face isn't like as flat or narrow. I, I don't know. Anyway, the Ganon sprite is great. <laughs> 
Sure. Chris's, did, did either of you play <laughs> this at all? Yeah, I did. It was one, actually one of the first things I played on my Game Boy Advance, even though it was Game Boy Color. Yeah, I just remember stretching it and, and being okay with that. Like you know, it like, because it, it wasn't, it was a 4-3 game. It was a 4-3 game. Whoa. That I in, uh, yeah, I know. And I, and I was okay with it because it filled up the screen. I'm going and, to uh, invent a time machine for this purpose. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I don't remember which one I played. But yeah, it was another case of like I got got to a certain part and then I hit a puzzle, couldn't figure it out, hmm. never got back to it. Do you remember if that the cartridge was red or blue? I don't. Damn it! <clears throat> I did. Uh, I was working at the official PlayStation magazine at the time, down the hall from EGM, and it was actually EGM's copy that I played. Oh wow! Oh, nice. I don't think that helps you, but uh, <laughs> maybe that's interesting. <laughs> we'll just we'll call them up. We'll 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 go down this rabbit hole and solve this <laughs> yeah. at some point. <laughs> but, Find your old seed yeah, they, somewhere. Was was Capcom involved in making these? I think these are part of the. Yeah, they were. Yeah. yeah, yeah, these mm-hmm. are the Capcom deals. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. That would then transition over to Minish Cap. Yeah, which is also great, but set in Hyrule, so it doesn't qualify <laughs> yeah. for this list. Minish Cap, A plus. Yes, mm-hmm. absolutely. But yeah, set in Hyrule. Unlike this one, number three, very much not set in Hyrule. Majora's Mask. Mask. Majora's Mask. Sounds creepy. Only one game is this creepy. It's making me uncomfortable. It's got to be Majora's Mask. (laughs) (laughs) Making it sounds like Phantom of the Opera, but we've already done Phantom Hourglass. That's true. Hey, you Uh, met with a terrible fate. Yeah, making you uncomfortable. You say. Uh, the mask seller, who may be a stand-in for the devil, who knows, is there to, to laugh at you in your situation. I feel like this game might be responsible for some of my anxiety as an adult. Like, I don't even really? need to go to therapy. He's like, well, why do you feel the way you do? Well, did you play Majora's Mask? Mm-hmm. Oh, Jesus, fuck uh, that. This game, this, even the updated 3DS version feels fucking haunted. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, like, there, there was that uh, Jada Sable or whatever that, that did, oh, like, the yeah, ghost story yeah. about the haunted Majora's yeah, Mask yeah, cartridge. Yeah, yeah. And, like... This game was already so creepy that it yeah. was completely believable. <laughs> yeah. This game feels like a bugged out version of Ocarina of Time already. Yeah, kind of, kind <laughs> of. Like, if, like you, a... if you turned Ocarina <laughs> of Time inside out, you would get this. It has, like, everything about it is vaguely creepy. You've got well, Skull Kid. You've got the moon coming ever closer with its big grimace. You've got bosses like Odowa. <laughs> like this yeah. giant Mayan style warrior who just like has has those weird like overprocessed chants. Yeah. I'm the weird one out where like this game did not work for me at all because I You're the weird one yeah, out. Wait, we're all, I, I, we're all I, I tried playing it again on the well, 3DS. Well, cuz this it's, this one has like the this adoration about it and I love I do appreciate how gutsy it was where they follow up Ocarina of Time this, you know, multi-million selling reimagining mm-hmm. of this franchise and on a on a console that, you know, famously would have like only so many hit games a year while PlayStation was cranking out like all these with so much third party support. Your N64 was like for real a Nintendo machine. It was Nintendo and Rare. 
And so you look forward to basically those two companies and not much outside of that. Mm-hmm. And when this came out, I was like, I am so ready because this came out like the same week as the PS2 and the same week as some as a bunch of other stuff in 2000. And I still like the first thing I do, I'm buying this gold controller like a chump. I'm buying this gold lenticular cartridge day one, <laughs> running home, ready to play. And just that mechanic of moving back and forth through time and having limited, you know, only getting being able to do so many things in a day it's just this like dream logic thing that i love in movies Mm -hmm. and i love when games do this kind of weird thing like playing deadly premonition or control which i'm playing now and it'll do like weird Mm -hmm. messing with your head things but this one it's just it was very difficult to wrap my head around and it but nonetheless i love how risky it is Mm -hmm. and yeah everything we just said about how like oppressive it feels and weird and it's just like it's like david lynch's dune where you're like yeah david lynch come make a zelda game what (laughs) it's this weird neither nor thing that i don't what what do you i couldn't i couldn't help but always feel a little bit cheated too because it did reuse so many assets from ocarina of time where you're just like it is a different game but it just felt like it's weird it's weird to say it's not a cash in trust me i know it's like not a cash in you're not just cheaply Hmm. reusing assets and like you said, they are experimenting and stuff like that. But it you, it, you mentioned like, oh, this game has such renown. It didn't at launch. Like I think it took several years before people were. It took, were it took a little like, time. Yeah, like, yeah. Oh, yeah that's I think initially people were like, oh, another Zelda. This is exciting. Oh, what it, is this? Yeah, it was just so different from the Zelda games that they were like. A it, little it's it's the Halloween season of the witch of uh, the Zelda series. Hmm. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Well, yeah. especially I would, when you put on the uh, mask and, and then the worms eat your face. Yeah, off yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I'll, <laughs> I'll tell you exactly why I did not play this at launch, even though I was like the biggest Zelda fan. Because after Ocarina of Time, I really wanted more Adult Link. Yeah, I, I, that, that was so much so cool to play as. It was so much fun, and it's like, nope, you're just gonna be Child Link this whole game, but you got different masks that make you into monsters. It's like, eh. yeah, it, yeah. That uh, what, it took me a long yeah. time because, and also so quickly, you're thrown as the De- as Deku Link, which is yeah. I didn't like what it just I went hamstrings from, you right at the start. Yeah, I every, went from cool Adult Link to this. Like every time a Zelda game does that. It pisses people off. Like yeah. Twilight Princess, uh, oh, yeah. we're going to make you a wolf yeah. for the first hour. Like, what? No, you're a cowboy for the first hour. Yeah, yeah, then yeah, you're yeah. a wolf It, for it the takes next like two hours. hours. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, I mean, yeah. And I tried it again on the 3DS because there were a lot of quality of life improvements. But, yeah, there's just – there's a fundamental structure to the game that I don't like. And it's not uh, it's not a knock against it. It's just I don't like that kind – same thing like Dead Rising was always very difficult for me. I just can't wrap my – my brain will not function in that way, and I just get frustrated playing that. Whereas, the core gameplay of it, yeah, I think flying around as uh, Zora Link is actually really fun, and I think the lore stuff that happens in it and walking around Termina, which is where this takes place, yes, is a very cool place. But uh, I just have trouble finishing this game. Well, yeah, it's it's seeing what you've spent hours doing get undone quote unquote yeah. by the game engine which is intentional but it's yeah. just like oh I, I beat that level oh now everyone's back to normal well you yeah. also think like oh but I, I had to save this person from imminent danger so I'm just gonna let them die in this timeline yeah yeah, yeah. It, it is the groundhog day like think mm-hmm. of think of how Bill Murray must his character must have gone insane knowing no that boy did fall to his death out of that tree on the one day you weren't there to save him yeah. every mm-hmm. single time um, but yeah it, extremely inventive and a brilliant game and I love how just the the, the meetings they had to have like this is what we're doing and mm-hmm. there's and the fact that no one in Nintendo ever got in the way of that and yeah. there's no like 
and and that they're like Pro, you know, portfolio management was like you want to what like also, no, okay. we yeah. we want to introduce this guy and make him a key player in future games. There he is. I wish there was a camera on me in the year 2000 as I was roaming around Termina trying to figure out or the the town you start in mm-hmm. trying to figure out what is this game. <laughs> and when I find Tingle floating with a balloon yeah. and shoot him down and then he makes that noise, I wish there was a camera on my face. I'm I'm sure I'm like a poorly shaven 19-year-old <laughs> uh, probably rolling my eyes. You're wearing, like, I need an adult. Wearing a shirt that's three sizes too big. Mm-hmm. Um, Looking at your future self, the sad 35-year-old <laughs> obsessed with video games. 35? Wow, thanks. That's Ting- great. No, Tingle's 35. Isn't oh, he supposed to be 35? Yeah, no, he oh, is he is like 30-something. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He's, he's like, oh, my dad keeps telling me I should grow up, but why should I? <laughs> I love rupees. And he said, what was it? Something, something, Kulu Limpa. These are the words that Tingle made up himself. Don't steal. Don't, don't just, steal. Uh, we can just stop with the fact that his name's Tingle, okay? Yeah. Yep. That word makes me uncomfortable. That yeah. word's like jacuzzi and, and or moist. They made him a lot cuter in future games. Here, yeah. he's just this gross-looking thirty-five-year-old <laughs> paunchy dude in a in yeah. like a a body stocking. He's comic book guy. Yeah, they they did a great job of making him look like. I don't know. They, yeah, they definitely cute cuted him up a bit and mm-hmm. like rounded him more. Because he looks yeah. like a man with an ill-fitting bodysuit on, yeah. and you're like, Ugh. he looks like 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 a chubby alcoholic John Waters. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, kind of with like a gigantic yeah. schnoz. They, they later made him look like a Pikmin more, where it's a smooth, oh, yeah. smoother. His, his his head is like more or less in proportion with the, like it's yeah. the same proportion yeah. as his body. Yeah. Like, sure, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yes. Um, but Termina was is a very cool place yeah. and full of weird like one-off like bespoke moments all over the place. Mm-hmm. It's such a cool thing, like. That's a location where I'm like, if you're ever going to make this Netflix Zelda series, just set it there mm. and have a bunch of weird stuff happen for a whole season and then save the day. Let's go. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's like Twin Peaks. It's, 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 it's very a Twin, Twin Peaks Peak. Zelda game. It's, it's definitely got like a through the look, like a, an Alice in Wonderland kind of feel because like yeah. you, you are chasing somebody at the very beginning and you fall down a hole. Well, I was going to oh, ask, do we know yeah. the setup? Why is Link, why did he just bone out at the end of Ocarina and he's in Termina? Oh, it's because he's dead. That's, well, that's, that's yeah, the thing. Yeah, yeah. You know, no, I, I, I don't know. I kind of like the the fan theory that like this is uh, Link's basically like test of the afterlife or whatever. That mm-hmm. like, oh no, he's he's actually dead, and this is his passage to the next world, and he has to save this sort of limbo that he's stuck in. I thought this was just Child Link, good future. It is, yeah, oh, officially. But he, but he survives. Yeah. Yeah. But I just I just like that theory. It's interesting. But, like, but no, I love like, the, you know he's going to die someday. He yeah, dies yeah. of old age, whatever. Yeah. But, I mean, yeah. the game is so dreamlike in that sense that it is a fun theory. Mm-hmm. You just sound like you were having a stroke. This is Child Link, good future. Like this is <laughs> this is what the Zelda timeline does this to is people. Child Link exploring the Bardo. I was just saying four nouns. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I am having a stroke. Then. <laughs> Do you guys smell almonds? A little bit. Okay. Oh, wow. We're both and, stroking and at the same time. I definitely hear I just said out loud we're both stroking at the same time. And... <laughs> Gross. Any, anyone else have any memories, fond or otherwise? Of... I, w- I wish. This is that artsy artsy Zelda I really mm. wish I could get into, but I find it fucking insufferable. And, like, it's really tough to move through. Even even the enhanced 3DS version, which I bought day one. Yeah, yeah same. And I still have the, the 3DS or yeah, the 3DS Majora's Mask design that's gold, um, which kind of irked me because 
uh, we did a video on Laser Time about the gold history yes. of Zelda, where there's actually like the gold standard. We called it for some reason, but there's <laughs> more things that aren't gold than are. But whatever. But I was really hoping that Majora's Mask, because they already had a gold Zelda themed 3DS, mm-hmm. and I thought for sure there would be this cool like purple and black themed after the box to Majora's Mask, and instead it was just gold again. I'm like, oh, man. But I have numerous times considered uh, the next Zelda tattoo as the mask. Oh. The Jim Carrey mask. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, yeah. But Somebody stop him. Smock it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, those are both good. Uh, His famous quote, <laughs> Stephen Hawking? <laughs> no, just, oh, just the hissing. Uh, <laughs> um, but... One, I've seen that tattoo on numerous people, so I'm uh, like, well, I'd have to, I need to find something else for Majora's Mask to get, even though the design for that is super, is super is cool. With the grimace. No faces, no eyeballs. <laughs> okay, mm. okay. Good to know. Can't have that staring back at me. That's, that's yeah. true. That's true. <laughs> uh, I did commit the cardinal sin where I, I started this thing, got about halfway through. Oh, that's bad. The 3DS version. Mm. In a game, this is, I think one of the reasons so many people don't have fond memories necessarily is this game demands your attention because if you walk away even for a few days you will be lost when you yeah, come back it's, it's it's challenging for sure um but as you can see the people who finish it absolutely fall in love with it and you know great that I'm, I'm glad that it found its audience because man i struggled but uh i love zelda as a whole so i'm yeah. glad uh glad it made it out yeah those people are monsters and, and the people yeah. who make it to the end get to be oni link which is pretty cool it's pretty neat That's and the... i love the ending of the giants holding up the moon and yeah, like stopping yeah, yeah. It, it's a cool scene it's kind of the the scene from the the ending of Disney's Atlantis too, but uh, we won't hold that. I do, I know, yeah. <laughs> but this predates that I think. So uh, by one year, yeah, not much. Oh wow, King of Dates. And, yeah, Jim Varney's final role, by the way. Congratulations! It is. It is. Oh, he plays a guy named Cookie. I think he's. he's mm-hmm. I think. Yeah. Did you just see he was inducted into the Kentucky Actor Hall of Fame? Good for him. Just thought you should know that, Elson. How, how many other people are in this? How, how did it take Kentucky this long? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the famous Brotherhood of Contactors? <laughs> who did you induct first? Like David Allen Greer, Greer's the colonel in a KFC commercial? Like, how did this happen? <laughs> how many other people are from Kentucky? I don't know. I wonder if they're just... I want to say that Terminatrix is from Terminator 3. Oh, wow. <laughs> what was her name? Christina uh, Loken? <laughs> yeah, Christina Loken, I think. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I want to say she's from Kentucky. So This is why... I love you for just how the I don't know why. Know it's like I'm from Tennessee, so something close there kind of stands out. Kentucky, <laughs> Kentucky, Germany, like her name's Christina Loken. I just assumed she was European. Uh first of all, so my hope there, Chris Antista, uh <laughs> is that the Kentucky, what is it? <laughs> Actor, actor Hall of Fame. Oh, oh the actor. Sorry. My hope I is, forget. I'm, my, I'm getting that wrong. Bourbon? My hope is that the uh, Kentucky Actor Hall of Fame is like the WWE Hall of Fame, and they're just inducting Jim Varney as every character he's played. <laughs> and it's like, ah, here he is as the old woman. Young man, I have... Does your mother know she... <laughs> Anyway. You're scared, Ernest, from the Splash Mountain opening special. Yes. Like, it, please, just induct him as every character. Here he is as Nash. Like, I'm robbing the bank. <laughs> I'll have you I'm know. taking the money that you are paid to protect. All I could think of from that special was he took the safety bars out of that log. Now someone won't be able to hold on when they go down that hill. Mm. Well, somebody's got to not have them. <laughs> <laughs> yep. By That's... the way, uh, for the record, Kristana Loken is from upstate New York, not Kentucky. Really? <laughs> Same thing. New York, Germany. Yeah. Like Blood a... Rain herself. 
Yeah, I, I think maybe uh, Maxim Magazine lied to me or something. Could be, could be. <laughs> you mean the font of journalistic integrity, Maxim Magazine hey, lied to you? They gave Jaws Unleashed five stars a year before it came out. What? <laughs> 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 well, <laughs> All right. As someone uh, growing up near Paducah, Kentucky, I'll, I'll take anything we can get, man. Ain't Paducah? nobody coming. Paducah. They're named after what Popeye calls his enemies? I, never mind. <laughs> That's Palooka. I've Why never... didn't anybody get my 1930s reference? <laughs> I got it. How can you still have them? <laughs> I don't know. He's kept them in pristine know. condition. They're mint. Right. By the way, f- famous wrestler Ricochet, also from Paducah. Mm-hmm. The Paducah Puma, player. they used to call him. Ah, nice. Anyway, stop anyway. me or I will go on with wrestling. I will. Number two. Yes, please do. Here we go. The final countdown. No, the storm. Uh, This is Link's Awakening. This is Link's Awakening. While we don't normally put the new release inspiration for the top five in the top five itself, we're making an exception because this is the old game, yeah. This well, is and the, this the original. Started, this set the precedent for the entire list, really, mm-hmm. was um, Coholent Island. And, I mean, obviously, it's weird that it's sort of a spoiler now because the game is new again. So if you mm. care about the plot points of Link's Awakening, I'm speaking like this so you can get your phone out of your pocket. And it's a dream. Bruce so. Willis is dead. <laughs> I think they spoiled it during the trailer when they, when they okay, showed yeah. off yeah. the new one. It's... Good. So, yeah, it's like he... His Link sets out on a raft after a link to the past, big storm, shatters the raft, he wakes up on an island, and then it's, you know, goes through this adventure, wakes the windfish, blah, 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 and then wakes up back adrift amongst the driftwood of his raft, but, mm-hmm. uh, but then sees the windfish flying overhead, so was it a dream? Mm-hmm. And, uh, but it's, it's just a, at a time when games weren't, like, everything wasn't super set in stone still just yet, um, and the NES, Super NES, just eight and sixteen bit era, not not unique to NES necessarily, but games were just very experimental and and weird, and they would be experimental and weird, and even with these AAA franchises, and to get a game that kind of looked like an approximation of Link to the Past, because it, it didn't use assets necessarily, but it had similar art direction, like the the trees are the same and the yeah. rounded edges of the map are the same. And glorious dot matrix. Do, dot matrix. And it and it looks it looked great. Um the only reason I never finished it was my Game Boy was stolen. Aww. So I never got to finish this and then I played through it halfway twice now. Wow, and love it. Like it is such a cute, interesting game that has all these fun cameos and because it's you know it's a dream or is it mm-hmm. um you get all these cool cameos from Mario characters. Yeah, and like lots of weird Mario ca- ca- uh, yeah, cameos. Like the only, only other Nintendo game with Wart in it? Like Wart's in it. Which, yeah. which is weird because I would I think of this game as the Mario 2 of the Zelda universe. <laughs> years years. It was kind well, of a weird diversion. You, you, could, you could maybe say that, like, well, since they're both dreams, maybe oh. this is sort of where, like, those universes start oh, to brush hey. up against each other. So you, men- you mentioned the dream logic stuff, but I believe that the devs actually said that Twin Peaks was one of the inspirations. Yes. For this, yeah, that was in an Iwata asks interview a yeah. few years back, and that inspiration is the townspeople in this game are just weird, mm-hmm. and not weird in like a the, like they're just 
very quirky and inter- and unique and interesting to talk to, and you get a sense of they're okay with all the weird stuff that's kind of going on here, and they're not really phased by it, yeah. and that's neat. Mm. Um, and it just felt like a very unique adventure. So to have this AAA franchise, that, which was Zelda, but granted, this is only the fourth game, so there's no there's no rules really. Mm-hmm. So they get to have all this fun, but you still take it completely seriously because, like, this is the next Zelda. This is a big deal. But then you're playing it, and you're like, this is so bizarre and strange, and it's just super cute. And I love that they that they leaned into that charm with the redesign for the for the remake to make mm-hmm. it look like practically a claymation special from ABC yeah. from 30 yeah. years ago. Yeah. It, it looks a it Rankin looks like... Bass animation. Thank you. Yeah, right. I knew. Right. I knew you knew you'd come. Fermation. Well, to me, it even looks more like little plastic yeah, toys yeah. figures come to life. Yeah. It's like amiibo come to life, yeah. basically. Oh, yeah. yeah, in little dioramas. Or basically. little um, what are the, like the little Fisher Price people? Uh, pl- play Playmobil. No, play- yeah, close. Yeah, but, Playmobil. Yeah. Little people. Yeah, little thank people. You. Thank you. Mm. Uh, that that's the preferred term for them. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. but the Mario cameos were were just weird. Like the the Chain Chomp thing. It's it's not just a cameo, it is an escort mission that you have to go out and find this thing called Bow Wow that's been kidnapped by monsters, and it's just a chain chomp, and you just grab it by the chain, and it follows you around, and uh, it will attack enemies if you get it close to them. Oh, you got the... I love it. So the music in this game yeah, is so good. It, it, uh, it's really cool. Tal Tal Heights, one of the mm-hmm. one of the absolute best Zelda songs of all time. And yeah, like you said, Wart appears as a character named Mamu, and he he charges you three hundred rupees to give you like he's going to sing a special unreleased cut for you, and it is one of the worst songs ever to <laughs> appear in any Zelda game ever. Getting worse. That sounds like that song from the Pokemon game that supposedly drove kids insane. Yeah. <laughs> the La- urban myth. The Lavender Town. Lavender yes, game. Lavender Town song. It just the dissonance is just slightly out of tune. Mm-hmm. It's pretty but, great. But that it's is the, it's a song that you learn, and it's so bad that it brings dead things back to life. Sounds like it. <laughs> it's weird that they use the same currency. Different island still use rupees. Everywhere mm. uses rupees. No, no, no. Hyrule's no, big no. in colonization, so mm-hmm. they got yeah, that rupee everywhere. Say, that's yeah. your imperialist Hyrule tendency. Also, also right just there, they, they, they naturally occur. Rupees are just like these perfectly <laughs> cut gems. Uh, not many I precious metals. I bet you metals. think everyone just speaks Hillian throughout the world there, Michael. I, I bet they do because it's a Dungeons and Dragons world, so they probably have something. <laughs> if you were to drill down, they'd call it like common or basic, but it's just English. Keep No, keep this going. Yeah, I want to yeah. know more. <laughs> Can you get one of the books in this room that... Uh, is so filled with things it makes me question how much RAM the Earth has. <laughs> this isn't even the room where I keep all my collectibles. Yeah, yeah, yeah you should see it. Yeah, it's the next room. I, uh, the joke occurred to me, and I've been waiting for the right the right occasion. It's a good one. Uh, but. It's good. Wow. <laughs> yeah, you actually have such a good sense of humor. <laughs> no, I, I. I love it. Yeah. That's just jealousy. That's all oh, there's low level jealousy for sure. Uh, but no, I right. tell me more about languages of Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah. Well, you got common, you've uh-huh. got Elvish, you've mm-hmm. got uh, Orcish. 
Of course. Um, Every race has their own language. Yeah, the dwarves have their own language. Uh But but, But is there a a spell I can cast that will make me understand all the languages? There are, yeah. There are different spells. I forget what they're called. Most races common. Yeah, but the the, the important thing to understand is that uh, the dwarves, for example, can all speak the same language to each other because all dwarves know each other. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. It's like, you know, all elves, anyone who isn't a human, pretty much. What I would like to think is it's like The Last Starfighter. All they do is they put a little pin on your lapel. And mm-hmm. all of a sudden, now it's a universal translator. Yeah, Everyone right. understands everybody. Mm-hmm. But can all classes learn the spell that lets me know every language? Uh, or is this more? Well, there are a... some non-magic classes, yeah. Brad. Come on. And there are some, but only some they... non-racial languages like thieves can't that you have to learn. Oh, I see. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, is there a podcast like download to? day, Michael? <laughs> Uh, this is horrible. We've lost the Chris's. We have completely oh lost the Chris's. Oh, they're dead. <laughs> you guys want to play D&D? Oh, no, we really I've never played D&D, believe it or not. Whoa. What? I don't believe it. Yeah, never in my life. Yeah. I mean, I, I've played uh, all kinds of video games based around it. Uh, sure. Way back to the Intellivision. One of the best wow. uh, Intellivision games was D&D. But, yeah, I've never actually played D&D. Wow. Damn. It's a good time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I bet it is. I just never had the people around me who did it. I'm sure I would have gotten sucked right into it. It's probably been 20 years, almost 20 years for me, but it was a it was a good time. Yeah. Anyway, it's, it's a part of most nerd progression into video game obsession. Um, but yeah, Link's Awakening <laughs> again set on set on Koholint, a, a weird island. I think I remember in that that Iwata asks interview where they talk about Twin Peaks, like. I think I remember them zeroing in on the log lady specifically. Like, sure. oh, yeah, we love that lady with her log, and so we wanted to have something similar in this. Yeah. I do love that this established, like, the Zelda universe does have this weird island motif from time to time, mm-hmm. right? If you think of, like, Wind Waker or even yeah. um, Skyward Sword had, had, you know, some islands that you would go to and stuff like that. So there's – occasionally they will just go and they have this mm-hmm. unique Zelda island look to it yeah. that uh, – it, and even Breath of the Wild had that too, like in the lower corners. Of lower the right hand, yeah, lower yeah. right hand mm-hmm. corner was like a Link's Awakening homage yeah. uh, kind of island. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So it's it is this did kind of establish like, oh yeah, we can also have because I would think when I think of the first game, I think like forest motif and kind of mountain motif. Yeah, you know, like mm-hmm. the, those mm-hmm. those parts of Hyrule. So yeah. Well, do you think fishing mini game? <laughs> Very loud payoff. <laughs> yeah. I <like> Fish! The- <laughs> I like the little whoop when it comes right before you get it. Um, what, what is, what is, is there some like government requirement that Japan add a fishing mini game to everything? <laughs> I think since this, yeah. It's on an island, dude. A lot of people in Japan fish. Mm. <laughs> I'm going to call that though. That might be the fishing mini game song. That's the pooping song for me now. It's like the perfect little Never mind. I didn't need to know that. Yes, you did. I can't get it done that fast. No, I want to know exactly <laughs> what it sounds like. You should put a sign up on your desk that says Gone Turd. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's how I uh, shorten uh, Tyler Durden. Um, right. Turden. I mean, Turden. I would do that if I didn't announce it at work every time I had to. <laughs> hey, guys. I'm going to go drop a deuce. Uh-huh. Everybody, going to take shit. <laughs> Might be 15, can't. might be 5, can't really tell. <laughs> but I've got this. Can't talk turdin'. But I've got a 30-minute uh, YouTube version of the Link's Awakening <laughs> fishing song I'm, <laughs> I'm going to play. Endless loop. Endless, endless loop. Until and, this resolves. <laughs> my phone will run out of battery before. 
Oh, you really got to wait around for that ninth hour crescendo. <laughs> <laughs> Um, it's the endless golf of, of pooping songs. But frankly, I, I would have thought this could have been the number one entry on the list. Um, but I mean, when Michael, you texted into me, you had a different number one, and I, mm-hmm. I love it so much that I was like, sure, I'll, I'll go to bat for that. Mm-hmm. Um, All right. So yeah, appropriately enough, Matt, this is number two. Uh, <laughs> unlike, <laughs> blaming me. Choo-choo game! Hoo, 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 hoo. Give them flutes. I need the woodwinds to live. Okay, we were talking yeah. about shitting a second ago. People shit on this game unfairly, and those people are the true monsters, and I want to know why. Hmm. I remember when this was announced, uh, because I was the Zelda guy, and uh, everyone at Radar like called me over to the desk. Oh, Brett, you see the new trailer, you idiot? The baby <laughs> trade game, you idiot? The dumb game system, you like the DS for loser babies? Look, I said I was sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it was you and everyone else. And I'm like... Yeah. I, I do not remember doing that. Uh, yeah, you probably didn't because you were on board. All aboard. <laughs> oh. uh, pretty pretty early. But this game is... Uh, so I feel like it fi- it's on the DS and it has the same touchscreen exclusive stuff. But I feel like it was a little more responsive. Mm-hmm. And just overall game design was nowhere near as repetitive as Phantom Hourglass. And instead of a big ocean, it's a bunch of interconnecting train tracks, which... On paper, gives you even less area to roam because you have to stay to this affixed track. But the number of like weird encounters you have on the train tracks, the feeling of actually like conducting the train back and forth, mm-hmm. the incredible train music that it plays mm-hmm. when you're on the train. Oh, let's hear some of that. Why uh, not? Oh, here comes the chug. Man, I love this song so much. Also, the whole time I was going through Japan on a train, I'm humming this song. It's fantastic. Mm. Yeah. And because th- didn't uh, Phantom Hourglass had the cannon from the ship? Right? Yeah. The ship combat yeah. And this let you do the same thing. And you have a cannon the from the train. Yeah. You also have a whistle, which you just heard, to, s- yeah. to scare spiders off the track. So, so I've been waiting to see this because I didn't want to spoil this on the list. This is, I guess, the trilogy in the era of Zelda where someone on the Zelda team was like, we're not going back to Hyrule. Mm. Uh, even though Wind Waker, okay, it's above Hyrule. It's a flooded mm. Hyrule. Yeah. But there were three games that, that are all linked together. There's yeah. this and then Phantom and this, Hourglass this is, and Spirit Track. Together they make up one complete forking timeline. Because yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. The, well, like, well, the timeline of Zelda is not a straight line. It's like a trident. So it, it forks after uh, Ocarina of Time. And there's... There's the and then uh, it splinters a lot after that. Yeah. Frankly, <laughs> well, no, it's, well, it's I, think, I can show I think you with the, Breath of the Wild. You can say like this doesn't really fit in anywhere. It's I can show you thing. the official documentation, Michael. That the, sh- it, there's a copy of it sitting right behind. <laughs> oh, me. okay, like, all right, smarty pants, <laughs> let's go. Oh, I'm looking. I don't see it. It's to your left. Oh, oh, speak of the devil. Mm-hmm. Here we go. Yep. I, and Matt, Hyrule I want you, fucking historia. I, I want you to tell me how you would describe <laughs> if you were to describe the shape of something. And I've got to really fill some time here yeah, while I yeah, flip yeah, through this yeah. book. <laughs> and what I say will shock and discredit you. <laughs> he's, really, uh, he's really searching here. Okay, you guys just keep talking. Because <laughs> that's it's a pitchfork, man. Yeah, it's a pitchfork. So, so, it ain't a pitchfork. So we were talking, though. Media. It ain't a pitchfork. There, there were three games that were not based in Hyrule. Well, so again, 
Wind Waker is the water above Hyrule. Yeah. Phantom Hourglass, you're on the seas. I'm assuming you're searching for where this game takes well, place. Well, not really. You're kind of taken off off track, and the ending, a <laughs> little, bit, little bit of a spoiler uh, in that it, it, it repeats the Link's Awakening thing. I was like, was this all a dream? Mm. Because when you reappear, like, Tetris crew says, like, oh, you guys were just gone for a few minutes. Yeah. yeah but then shit. this game where I was... You know, we don't need to talk about this <laughs> I mean... <laughs> quit wasting time. <laughs> but this game takes place in... It's, it. This is sort of... It's our number yeah. one, but it's sort of cheating. This is new Hyrule. New Hyrule. Yeah, yes. so that was the rationale where I was like, you know, this is still Hyrule, but that's why I kind of led early on with, I feel mm-hmm. that... All the high rules say of Twilight Princess, Ocarina, Spirit, not Spirit Tracks, uh, but uh, Link, Zelda Link, 1, Zelda 2. Like, these are all supposed to be, like, derived from one another. Yeah, Link what? Between Worlds, the, the yeah. one side of that game is all that. That's, that's yeah. a Link to the Past. God, Link Between Worlds is so good. It does take place in lower rule, though, Michael. It yes. could have counted. Half, half of the game. Half, yeah. Half it's 4.5. Uh, but actually... 2.5? 1.5? I don't know. Anyway, it's a great game, so it should be near the top. Are we but, doing yeah. math? Um, <laughs> but I would say, uh, because, like you said, uh, Wind Waker, Phantom Hourglass, and this are a, you know, a straight line, uh, after, after a pitchfork, like I told you guys, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> uh, but, that, that 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 at least canonically says like oh hey the old Hyrule was flooded and you were above it and then they mm. went way over here and made a new Hyrule yeah yeah that technically is called Hyrule but it's not it's, that one yeah. and there's all this the new race the locomos that have like wheels from the like the people who live in the spirit tracks universe or whatever mm. on the on the island or wherever they are the new continent and they have wheels on the, uh, for legs it's, and it's the New York home of Chris, or as we know the birthplace of Christina Loken now or whoever it was uh, yeah, to, yeah. to the original York right. it's the New Zealand which Michael sure. ruined my joke I was like what's the New Zealand of new and he sent me an article he's like no there was a Zealand actually yeah. but anyway it's where Titus is from <laughs> <laughs> it's the New Mexico as opposed to Mexico we got New Hyrule sure yeah um, sure. but yeah I, I just found this game to be just as charming to me as uh, like Link's Awakening was um, full of bizarre, interesting, fun characters. And I, again, I thought the final battle of this was really creative. Mm-hmm. Um, and just take, making great use of the technology. Um, a lot of final bosses, especially in Zelda games, I, I don't, you know, I remember them, but they are, you know, as much as I love, love the drama of that encounter with Ganon at the end of Ocarina of Time, just like my mouth drops uh the first time in 98 seeing that um seeing the the horns come out and he pulls the swords out and it says ganon when he's been ganondorf the whole time just floored by things like that and nonetheless the battle itself is kind of straightforward whereas i thought technologically phantom hourglass and spirit tracks especially had just interesting uses of i don't think i've done this thing before the way that they're making me battle battle this enemy Mm. i've never done this and that's a cool way to wrap up the game uh and it's super cute and clever and much like Phantom Hourglass, it'd be great if they could remake it, but it's so, so tied yeah. to the DS. There's even a it bit is. in this where you close the lid to stamp. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, oh, wow. Fuck, that's To right. stamp a thing, and then you have to open it again. It's like so. the passport. It's like, yeah. 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 Well, it also introduced, I, I think this was like one of the most, the times that Zelda was most involved in the action, in that she... Mm-hmm. Becomes a ghost. Oh, yeah. That's, and, that's so good. And then she can possess suits of armor or dark nuts, depending on how you want to look at them. And then you, you do the Phantom Hourglass thing where you trace a little path for her to walk. 
and she does. to solve puzzles and yeah. Yeah. And, I love, and they gave her much more of a personality where oh, she's, yeah. she's like inherited the, the Tetra personality more than this mm-hmm. kind of plain princess personality that Zelda had up to that point I feel yeah. um, and she just became a much more interesting character because of that and that was great um, the only thing I didn't like about this per se was um, having to blow into the DS to do the pan flute uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. like we gotta play, we gotta jam together to make the, cause Zelda has had this musical thing for a You're long time. You're on a time. bus! Um, like going all the way back to whatever, like the, the whistles in the first game, mm-hmm. which is a recorder, and the, the, the musical theme comes back again and again and again. Link's Awakening had a bunch of instruments that you had to unlock. Yeah, and obviously the Ocarina itself, mm-hmm. but, uh, in this one it's blowing into the DS's microphone to blow into a pan flute, and it sucks. It's just, <laughs> it's just one of those things, it's very hard to get consistent results, at least for me. I, I had a really hard time. Uh, it's but, a bit like yeah, blowing on a bottle and trying to get your bottle to whistle. Like you, yeah. you, you got to find mm. it. You got to find the spot. Yeah. I'm not going to do that here. You know, I had the bottle. So. Yeah. Uh, never ever stop. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it, it's a great game. It's a good game. Yeah. See, why, but people shit on it. I don't know why. It, it, I think there was just fatigue from Phantom Hourglass, and that that kind of carried over. And then the touch control stuff was really grating on people by then. I feel yeah. like it's like you know the DS and 3DS became these incredible systems. Just if you if you have to get rid of everything you own, like, and I can keep one thing, I'm probably keeping one of those two because the amount of stuff on those thi- on those two platforms is insane. Uh, they would be good desert island systems. Yeah, right? you mm-hmm. could take them with you to the desert island. Yeah, and, and switch switch is getting close. Yeah. I'll say that. Also, I think there's but, a certain amount of Link doesn't drive a train and dress like a friggin' conductor. Sure, there's that too. Yeah. But it's like it's so cute. Like, what are you holding on to that it can't be this cute? Like, mm-hmm. no, my tough guy Zelda memories. Like, what? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Super macho Zelda. <laughs> um, but go catch some Pokemon. Like, it's never really been about that. And uh, I, I do the like o- the only macho Zelda memories you can have is from. Super Mario Brothers Super Show. <laughs> Fuck you, princess! <laughs> <laughs> and I mean... That was the highlight of every Friday afternoon. For it me, was. Actually. It really was. <laughs> I can watch two 70-year-olds throw to a Zelda cartoon. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, we go get dialysis. Watch what Ganon's up to. <laughs> An ex-wrestler. An ex-wrestler. Who, I, I sent you guys a link the other day of, of him lighting his own shirt on fire with a cigar. <laughs> Captain Lou. On purpose? Yeah, he was he was outside the ring, and he's he, he's smoking a stogie because he's yeah. Captain Lou Albano, and he lights his own shirt on fire. Doesn't he know if you... You'll do drugs and you go, to go to hell before you, go to hell. you die. You go to hell before you die. Drugs. Yeah, before you- <laughs> Mario, my sciatica. <laughs> There's literally an episode where like Luigi throws his back out or something. Uh, yeah, and, probably. And, and the sound effect for it horrified me as a kid because I can just imagine – this like fifty year old man's spine just shredding into powder. Oh, and Luigi. Like, and then the, the, I, let me tell you about the time I gave this guy color because he wanted me to cut him <laughs> to get the crimson mask. And he and I said, "Well, I can do it easy way or hard way." And we did. He it goes in the business for himself, and I give him a deviated rectum. <laughs> right there. I mean, septum. <laughs> deviated rectum. It's an available forum name. For now. Hey, princess, I need a ride to the VA. Yeah. <laughs> um, but that's not in this game. <laughs> I mean, imagine uh, Captain Lou in a train conductor outfit. That's fucking adorable. I, I can't, I can't imagine yeah, that yeah, yeah. with rubber bands in his mm-hmm, cheek. Mm-hmm. Um, but 
yeah. Running out the list, I I feel like this uh, is a great, a great yeah. one to go out and, on. And it had the the most interesting villain to look at, and that he was this tiny little man with a handlebar mustache and two hats. Two hats! Yeah. That's and, better than one hat. And do you know why there's two hats? Because they're covering up horns! They're covering up two horns! Yeah. Because at first you're like, why does he have two hats? It's weird. But it's I get it. It's a fashion it. thing. It's like the two ties from Back to the Future. And it, ha- it definitely has like the comedic sensibilities and timing of one of those old claymation shows or whatever where like i swear there's all kind it's very clear he's the villain and we all know he's the villain mm. yeah, and yeah, and yeah. the game's like wink wink you know and we know and the game's just having a good time and then i swear there's moments where like his horn just straight up shows and everyone's just like mm, don't look <laughs> I, mean, I, I don't know i just feel like there's so much charm and energy coming out of that game where uh i definitely understand how and why people would have overlooked it at the time uh because there was fatigue definitely like i was saying of Touchscreen controls, uh, motion controls, like all that stuff by 09 when this came out was like, uh, enough. Yeah. Um, so, and to have this come out as yet another Zelda game relying entirely on it. And there hadn't been a console one since Twilight Princess in 06. Yeah. So it's been a minute. Well, yeah. The one thing we, I don't, I don't think we've explicitly said it here. We, we talked about like a lot of these games aren't based in Hyrule. They're, they're handhelds. The games where they're, they don't base it on Hyrule, it's almost like they feel more freedom to experiment sure. and try different things, right? So you get the train game. Yeah. You, get, you get the pirate ship game. You get yeah. the fucking, you know, the dream game. So it's – Yeah. Yeah, this game is the – it's like, well, why can't Zelda go have a train thing? This is the weird, you know, excursion game that's, yeah. that's off to the side here. It's not going to hurt anybody. It's not going to hurt your main series Zelda memories. Yeah. Any franchise that gets into the double digits, it's like – let them let them play. Yeah. Let the devs let the <laughs> yeah. devs have some fun and figure out new ways yeah. to do things. Because I don't want to play the same game no. twenty times. Oh, really? I want the same Sonic game every year. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, mm-hmm. You're concerned <laughs> about your Zelda lore? Like. Let me show you a little game called Smash mm-hmm. over here. It's fucking. <laughs> Those are toys playing in a toy box. That's mm-hmm. true. That's that is true. Yes. I, I assume I, I I still hold that as the the the, the strict canon of the game. Yeah. I wonder if that will be the surprise ending to this Link's Awakening. Because oh, it looks like toys instead of a dream. Oh, it's going to be mm-hmm. it's just going to be Master Hand reaching down and pulling him away. Thirty five year old Tingle playing with his Zelda toys. Oh, That's the surprise ending in, in a, a snow globe. And that's the secret oh, ending. <laughs> oh, I think Can't my cat you. just orgasmed. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, that's the list. Yeah. I don't know how you guys end it, so is that really it? like that. One last thing oh. to say sure, I think sure. to close it out. Please. Prominent Kentucky actors actually do include George Clooney, Johnny Depp, <laughs> and Jennifer <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's no surprise, Ernest. See, he's not just the Marvel guy. Isn't uh, Billy Bob Thornton in there, too? Because him and Jim Varney were... I want to say he's Arkansas, but I don't he's, know. I think he's in Arkansas. Oh, okay, because him and Varney were friends uh, really? for a long time. That was when he was... Uh, Tombstone, Billy Bob, where he's a little little heavier back then. I only know Jim Varney. I, yeah, my, right. my Billy Bob Thornton knowledge is effectively zero. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. I, mine, mine starts and stops at Tombstone, one of the greatest <laughs> westerns of all time. <laughs> Some people call it a Kaiser Blade. I, I call, call it a Sling Blade. blade. Mm-hmm. Reckon I'm running out of plasma charges. <laughs> <laughs> it's still the best Mad TV skit of all time. <laughs> okay. Sling Blade 2, The Reckoning. <laughs> Or <laughs> it's just like in the year nine thousand or something, and he's just reckon I'm running out of plasma charges, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I laughed for eight years, yeah. and still. <laughs> uh, All right, uh, perfect. Well, that's that's been our top five. Um, thanks also to everyone who made this 
so memorable, even though it wasn't said in Hyrule. Uh, we're going to take a little break, and when we come back, we'll talk about some new releases, some new, some other stuff, so stay tuned. Down with Zelda from the very start. I got the heart, it's Mars to play the part. Down with Zelda. Creeping through with an overhead view, cause a man's gotta do what a man's gotta do. So I stay on track, collect the fact, never cut the slack, and I always watch my back for Jack. Zelda, yeah. Soon I stand, I'm the man with the plan, cause the power's in my head, and the power's in my hand. Zelda. Let's get scratching. Is the world of today getting you down? Well, then why not check in on some of the good stuff that happened this week in movies, TV, games, and more 30, 20, and 10 years ago this very week with our show 30, 20, 10. Here's a clip from 1999. American Pie was a phenomenon with uh, was crazy. Five, five, four sequels and three straight-to-video sequels. Yeah. But American Pie is all about guys trying to get laid, especially through the eyes of Jim, Jason Biggs, who I think is actually pretty fun. I like that. I, I've always liked Jason Biggs, and I'm try- I can't even remember what the pie scene is because oh, he fucks it. No, no, yes, <laughs> I recall. But uh, I his penis. <laughs> but I saw both move the the first two movies in theaters, and the MPAA always has a cut to suggest. So the DVD has if you watch. You watched it more on DVD. You have a different fucking scene. So, what do you remember him doing with the pie? Honestly, I don't remember. Like, I've kind of blocked. Did that his dad out. come in and he has the pie plate over I his think crotch? So, yeah. So, in the right. unrated, unrated DVD, he's on the counter fucking it. Oh, and- <laughs> missionary style. Yes. Okay. Yes. <laughs> Can you do doggy with a pie? <laughs> I mean, not if you're the giver. Uh, bend it over the fireplace. <laughs> but you could do reverse cowgirl. Uh, <laughs> How do you reverse it? It's round. Well, the pie plate's away from you. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, the, the pie plate is its underwear. I <laughs> <laughs> think it's all but. <laughs> Jump into the past with 302010 every Thursday on lasertimepodcast.com or iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. And welcome back to our final segment where we will waste no fuck it. Look how efficient I'm being. Uh, some stuff is out this week. Jesus. Look, what, do you want to start with the new stuff and then talk about the stuff that came out that we're going back to? Yeah, maybe? so Borderlands 3 <laughs> yes. is, uh, came, came out last Friday. Uh, it's more Borderlands, but uh, apparently with a bunch of quality of life in, uh, fixes that make it a uh, bit more fun to play. I will say I've enjoyed what I've played so far. Like once you get a vehicle, it's really fun to just kind of tool around in that landscape and go do different things. The uh, The objectives are appreciably weird especially toward the beginning like you have to go into a virtual reality version of the world that's basically exactly the same and and save someone who's trapped in virtual reality and uh, a bunch of weird things happen the 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 villains of the game are gamer streamers which is cool to see and uh influencers yeah they're influencers but they they they're live streaming at their bandit headquarters and uh yeah, and then, you know, just you run around and shoot stuff. You grab a bunch of guns. You run back to the gun vendor and you sell the guns, and then you go shoot more things to What's, get more uh, guns. What class are you playing? Uh, I'm playing as Mose, the uh, the gunner. So uh, every so often, I can 
jump backwards into a mech that I have mm-hmm. equipped with uh, a rail gun. Like, no, Gatling guns and a uh, grenade launcher. It's supposed to be a good solo soloing type class. Yeah, it's like yeah, the. Yeah. What was the first game? It was Soldier or something. The guy that had the turret, basically. That's the one I always played, mm-hmm. is that yeah. character. So, a couple things I've heard. One thing you were telling me is uh, you played the pre-sequel, and you were missing the, the jetpack. You know, you were yeah, like, yeah. The jetpack was, was what made the pre-sequel a lot of fun. It's mm-hmm. just like, you can just jump really high and uh, slam down. You still have the slam, and you don't take falling damage ever, which is cool. Mm-hmm. And I'm I'm kind of regretting after several hours. It's like, oh man, I found out that uh, Flack or FL4K, however you pronounce it, is voiced by Sungwon Cho's, like Sungwon Cho. He's he's like my favorite uh, voice actor to follow on mm. Twitter. He's great. It's supposed to be one oh, of the best characters in the Percy game too. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. That's supposed to be kind of a really fun character to play as. Mm-hmm. as well. Yeah, really good acting. But um, I heard I heard a couple other things about about this game, and, and the th- they actually kept me from picking it up. So you mentioned it's more Borderlands, and, and if anything, I'm like, it's Borderlands. Mor- mm-hmm. One it works, does not it simply walk into Borderlands. Mm. It works on that, even just, another level. Just there, right put up there. with my Portmanteauderlands. It's a- <laughs> and I don't want to hear any more Borderlands. Um, so it is just more of the same game, which is fine. Like, I love Borderlands 2, mm-hmm. but it's like, it, is it progressing? Is it moving that genre for that game forward? Is it trying new things, or is it just <laughs> bigger and better version of 2? Do you feel like you've played it before Borderlands? <laughs> I mean, I, I'll, be, I'll, I'll say this. Was made to order <laughs> I didn't really get very far into 2, um, but, but I enjoy this more than I remember enjoying 2. <clears throat> And uh, and I'm having fun. I, I feel like maybe the writing maybe isn't quite as sharp. Like one of the very first characters you meet is uh, Vaughn from Tales from the Borderlands, and it's just like I like this character a lot. So he's keeping my interest high, but at the same time he just keeps talking about like, bro, I killed a guy with my abs, and uh, like, all right, well this is it's silly. It's, I, it's I've working. Heard, I've heard there might be some dick and yeah. fart jokes. There might but, be, uh... but I think you know it's it's a it's a fun schluter. And if that's what you're looking for, then it's great. I drank one of those at the New York, New York casino. Yeah. Fun Schluter? The Schluter? Yeah. <laughs> it's not very good. I want another Orderlands joke. Jesus. <laughs> I have one in the queue. Did you, did you get the weasel gun? Uh, no, I don't have the weasel gun. That's only the DLC for Polly Shorterlands. I <laughs> <laughs> seen that coming. Oh, man. That's it? <laughs> Your the, turn. The, uh, no. Yeah, I heard you have a tattoo from Blood Borderlands. <laughs> uh, I hear there's a crossover with Shadow of Mortarlands. Uh, okay, we ruined it. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> All right, we, we've we've yeah. hit the SNL diminishing yeah, returns. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Uh, moving on, but yeah, Borderlands Three. It's fun. Uh, if you're into Borderlands, I, you'll love it. I do. I should give it another look because uh, when Borderlands One came out, I was my mind wasn't ready really for the loot shooter thing yet. Mm-hmm. I was still trying to find like the purpose of each each mission or whatever. So I liked the guts of it, but never went back to play two pre sequel or haven't played three. But anyway. Uh, for someone like me who hasn't, if it's more of it, like I haven't like done it to death, so uh, it's intriguing. Hmm. I hope you like the looty shooting. Looty shooting. Uh, Can't help but say it like our old boss. <laughs> yeah. 
Speaking, speaking of Looty Shooty, I also played a bunch of Groundhog Day, like Father, like Son, mm. which has no is this a VR game, oh, loot cool. or shooting. Yes, this it's, is a VR it's a VR game. Uh, you play as Phil Connors Jr., who goes home to Punxsutawney uh, after a uh, t- to attend a ceremony unveiling the statue that they're putting up uh, of your dad, Phil Connors Sr., who is dearly departed and played by someone who doesn't really sound that much like Bill Murray, but... Lorenzo Music? It's not... Lorenzo Music's dead. It's it's the third I guy. <laughs> is that the, Gar- the Garfield guy? Mm-hmm. Damn. Yeah. But but I I had fun with it. Uh, it it's one of those things where like it it will kind of grind your gears at first if you are the kind of person who pathologically has to pick the polite answers in uh, RPGs with conversation trees. Will it grind your gears of Waterland? Oh <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there it is from downtown. But but like your character, <laughs> like Phil Connor Senior at the beginning of Groundhog Day, Phil? your character is Phil an Connor? asshole. Yeah, is there a needle nose Ned? Ned the head? He sure is. <laughs> yeah, as I yeah well, you, you. Can, you can sit down with him at, at a cafe and it's like, so where, why did my dad call you? And, and you get to choose between Ned the head or needle nose Ned. And <laughs> I chose Ned the head and I found out that when he was like six, he got his head stuck in something. And ah. uh, yeah, uh, because it was so big. What a strange game. It really is. To like make a sequel is it, to a yeah, movie that's really like perpetually that. playing on TV, yeah. but it's th- almost, almost 30 years old. Like, yeah. it's really strange. It's VR strange. gets and, to do that kind of stuff. And it's just, yeah, it's a, cra- it's a cool idea. Yeah, it is. Uh, Phil Connors Jr. is a, he's a live streamer. Uh, he, he is going to Punk's Tawny before his, uh, big meeting in LA with Streamblur. And, uh, they, they want him to, to do something personal. So he's gonna go home to Punxsutawney and, uh, do the, the thing with his, his dad's unveiling. But, uh, of course he gets stuck in the same day. Course, it's yeah. a time loop over and over again. And so it, the game then becomes about, uh, trying to navigate a series of catastrophic events and know what's going to happen in advance so that you can avoid them. And one thing that I like about it is even though you're, isn't that just the Battletoads speed tunnel? Yes. Uh, <laughs> your, your ability to interact with the environment is a little bit limited. Like, you can't just walk anywhere. There are certain places where you can stand. Um, and it's kind of a limited range of things you can do when you're there. You kind of have to know what you're supposed to do. But if you manage to do all these complicated things that you need to do to progress the plot along to avoid things like your niece cra- uh, jumping into the family minivan and crashing it through the wall of your mom's house... Uh, then you, you, uh, at least in that first thing, you get a little shortcut. This is like, if I'd known this, it would have solved everything right at the start. And so then you get, just get that dialogue option. It's like, okay, I can skip all the things I had to do before. And now everything's just fine. Now we can go to the next thing that I have to fix. When do you learn how to be a master ice sculptor and concert pianist? I'm guessing eventually. Um, you do, you do have to give a speech in honor of your father with several slides and, uh, you can bring up like, oh, here's one of him carving an ice sculpture. I really hate ice sculptures. I hate ice. I hate chainsaws. Uh, I hate everything. And, and it's like some of the things it's like, oh, that seems like an innocuous thing to say. And like, nope, he goes off on a tangent like, oh, man, my fucking dad. What an asshole. What? Yeah. He hates his dad because his dad was perfect. He's so good at, at everything. everything. Yeah, he's so good at everything. I, he can never outshine his dad at anything. How How old is Bill Murray? Did you think like I always wonder this watching the movie. 
200 years old, 300 years old? Like how many lifetimes I, I did he go some, through? I think somebody uh, figured it out and it's something like 10,000 years that Whoa. he spends. Really? Yeah. But it's just one day at a time. It is. You go insane. But he, well, you, it, yeah, it says, says 12,000 days just under 34 years is what it's speculated. Huh. Okay. What okay. culture? Okay. Who I know for their wrestling content, so I'm sure they're they're dead on. <laughs> but you you can uh, like once you discover the time loop, you, like I went into this thing and and uh, the this speech, and you can just start saying like, yeah. My, so my dad was stuck in a time loop. He was he was here for like a hundred years before any of you met him. Mm. Uh, and uh, yeah, I think he spent all that time. And then it's like conversation options, and one of them is masturbating. I was gonna say. <laughs> 50 of those years would have yeah, been Yeah, at least, probably. Yeah. Um, if you had to, to choose, like, which game's funnier, this or Borderlands 3? Mm, it's apples and oranges, but, uh, Which know. is funnier, apples or oranges? Oranges are usually funnier. Just. All right. Yeah. Groundhog Day it is. Uh-huh. Yeah. One, one type of orange has a navel. That's fucking hilarious. Does it, does it have my favorite, goofy. my favorite throwaway line from Groundhog Day in it? Probably. What is it? I told you, call me Bronco. <laughs> not yet no uh, but but yeah I do like yeah Ned I, I don't think it's Steven Tobolowski but Ned Ryerson is in it and uh, he, he just fucking merciless to him and it's like but he's so relentlessly positive I don't want to be mean to Ned Ryerson I'm gonna ask his daughter how she can stand him how do you not get Steven Tobolowski money like we couldn't afford yeah. Steven Tobolowski I don't know I don't know if they even bothered but, it really pulls the but game it, together yeah the, the, the developer <laughs> Tequila Works actually has mm. some experience <clears throat> with uh, time loop games because they did the Sexy Brutale yeah which is another thing where you're like trying to solve a series of murder mysteries yeah. and figure out like okay what do I need to change for this not to happen over and over again hmm. it's, it's just yeah it's so weird that they went back to that movie of all things it's kind of renowned as a classic but yeah uh, and, and this is PSVR, is what you're playing on. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Cool. And it does require move controllers. Okay. Oh, it requires them. Yeah. Can't play right. without them. Um. Well, let's let's talk really quickly about a game that came out as part of Apple Arcade. Uh, that Chris Baker, you might know a little yeah. something about. Tell us about Dread Nautical. Uh, yeah, Dreadnautical. You know, I work at Zen Studios, and uh, well, first of all, I just want to say thank you last week for talking up Star Wars Pinball. Uh, very much appreciate that. It's thank, uh, thank it's something you where... for the code, and it was easy to talk up. I love Star Wars, and I love pinball. Yeah, it's kind of we're super proud pinball. of it, and uh, you know, I think if you like Star Wars and you're open to liking pinball, or maybe you already like pinball. I, uh, I didn't say last totally week. I should have said 19 tables. 19 yes. tables. That's wow. awesome. <laughs> yeah. 19 tables for 30 bucks is a pretty good deal, especially like a real table costs you a dollar, dollar fifty just to play it mm-hmm. anyway. So, um, but yeah, yeah, so that, that's out, but yeah, Dread Nautical, uh, is one of the Apple Arcade launch games, uh, and it's, uh, my kind of elevator pitch for it is, uh, Twin Peaks on a Boat, the animated series, the game. Okay. Cause it's like, <laughs> excuse me. <laughs> it, it takes place yeah, on a boat. Directing Jason has, takes uh, love it. <laughs> it, it's, uh, kind of moved into another dimension and everything's really weird and you don't know what's going on. Uh, it's got a very eerie tone to it all. And just the, the gameplay is a, a tactical strategy, uh, with, uh, roguelike elements. So you have it's, my attention uh, again, sir. Yes. Yeah. And, and it plays like, really well on an iPad, iPhone, touch devices, and, you know, with a controller, too, if you like. But, uh, you know, it's turn-based, so 
that kind of gameplay lends itself really nicely to you know moving the camera around and and telling your character exactly where to go and which turn and sorting through menus and stuff like that so it's like really kind of tailor-made for the, this service and uh you know it's 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 a it's a lot of fun it gets really hard <laughs> uh but you know i i think uh this audience will be up for it and i think it'll keep you busy for quite some time cool yeah. And so you said it's kind of a roguelike, uh, you know. Yeah. Th- that's one of the things with the Apple Arcade is. You're going to die a lot. <laughs> yeah, we, we talked about though, that this is, Apple Arcade seems to be full of kind of, this sounds like indie game in a bottle, basically. It's like, it's like how you, you know, a lot of indie game elements there, but this is the type of game that's on that service. You know, it's not like your typical free to play thing or whatever you're used to playing on an iPhone. Like this is a, uh, self-contained, full, robust game experience, uh, right there for you as part of, what is it, Chris? Is it just five dollars a month for the subscription or whatever? Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. and I think the first month is free, so really you got nothing to lose there. You know, I'm gonna get it off well, one so I can play my game on the actual service, but I do want to, you know, check out the hundred plus games. I don't know what the exact number is, but it's gonna be a lot in the first few weeks. If, if I may take a moment to slam Apple, many of which are products I've own, I own, I would really much rather get a year of Apple Arcade than Apple TV with the purchase of a new Apple product. Because mm. hundred games compared to four shows, five shows, how many do they have? Yeah, maybe I've just missed it, Chris. I I always thought Zen was just the pinball guys, but they've done now this in in Operencia. Like, have you guys been doing yeah. other types of games for for a long time? Uh, and we I just have. Sort of you know, it? actually, uh, our our most successful. A non pinball game to date is a game called Castle Storm that came out in oh, 2013. Yeah, yeah. That was you guys, uh, okay. and we're working we're working on the sequel to that right now. It's what I was writing for it today, actually. Oh, so, cool. uh, wow. yeah, that's out uh, early next year is what is what we're targeting for Castle Storm too. That and it's if you guys remember Castle Storm, it's like this mash of like Angry Birds meets uh, meets Tower Defense right. meets Hack and Slash, and it's like it's just like a, a cool genre mishmash, and we're adding like a uh, like a 4X strategy game on top of it. What? So like a civilization style strategy game. That's awesome. Uh, and it's, it'll have a lot more story in it as well. So, um, so yeah, it, it, we're really excited about that one and that's, uh, early in the next year. I'll, I'll come back and talk that one up when it's, uh, yeah. Time. yeah. Well, while we're letting That'll people, be on everything uh, pretty much. Chill about games, <clears throat> Brett. Huh? Yes. You, you just worked on a thing that I, I'd love to play once again. Would love to. I even even finally got to the point I can play it, but <laughs> got sidetracked and accidentally ended up playing Witcher DLC. So tell us about uh, Monster Hunter World Iceborne. Well, it came out on September sixth. So, <laughs> uh, so it's a couple. These are the old releases. Sorry. <laughs> so it's a couple. It's yeah. By the time this episode comes out, it's a couple weeks old. But I mean, that was the last thing I worked on at Capcom on marketing side. Uh, been working on Iceborne all summer and spring, and basically since last December when we announced it. But it's finally out, and I mean, people have been playing Monster Hunter for a while. You know, any expansion that's equivalent to the G expansion, or for us, it was Ultimate, Three Ultimate, Four Ultimate. It's a big. It's a big thing. It's not just you know ten hours. 15 hours it's like it's a whole other game practically it's a mas- um, master rank is what it, you're so it adds something. master rank a ton of new monsters a brand new map that expands as you play and a ton of post-game content i mean whatever you got out of world like i don't work there anymore whatever you got out of world you're gonna get that all almost all over again mm-hmm. with iceborne there's that much stuff in it. it's 40 bucks but it's it's an insane amount of game in there and a lot of quality of life improvements but just a lot of new Weapon abilities, UI improvements, 
a bunch of my favorite monsters are on there. Brecadios is in there, which is my absolute favorite. Uh, Chris, my favorite. Chris knows what's up. Um, but like T-Grex, Glavinus, like it, it's full on the wackadoodle monsters that we're kind of missing from the base roster of world. And there's a lot of cool stuff in there. Yeah. I, I need to correct myself. I was calling it like, I was calling the clutch claw something incorrect last week. So it's, it introduces the, the new, the, the clutch claw. Yeah. There's a, a, a grapple mechanic. You can, any weapon can use, uh, whatever, whatever your forcing weapon that you choose, uh, the clutch claw can be used at any time. And depending on what weapon you use, you'll either deal damage to the monster's body part and wound it such mm-hmm. that you can deal more damage to that part of their body yep. over time or, Lighter weapons will drop ammo for your slinger, like a essentially like a crossbow on your arm that will shoot and deal different status effects. Um, but there's just a lot going on. So if, if you, my main thing is if, uh, and we've talked it up on the farce that was the 200th episode of Vigigan Apocalypse, where you wouldn't let me put four <laughs> ultimate in the list because uh, you guys don't play good games. Uh, but I was with you. That was before my time. I do play good games, right? Because <laughs> yeah. I've been playing Monster Hunter World. So yeah. what's up? Uh, yeah, I, I just love. Uh, Rip them. Giving Get you em. shit Get for em. that list. Sure. Uh, no, it's fine. Uh, I did read this. DuckTales. Woo. Definitely, definitely needs to be on there. Uh, but no, it does, because it was the Laser Times Top 20, which is why Monster Hunter need to be on it. Anyway, um, I don't even remember what my point was, because I'm, I'm mad all over again. I don't know who this, this anecdote is for, other than me and you, but like... I, I didn't realize that I'd played because of the way Monster Hunters came out on portables on the 3DS. Yeah. That I'd played mostly Ultimate or the, the Japanese G versions. Yeah. So the first Monster, the Monster Hunter World was a really good primer for people who don't know the series that well. And I was, I was just shocked that like I sort of carved every, through everything like butter. And the second I was load up Iceborne, it's like, man, I really have to get into managing my equipment again. Yeah. It was something yeah, I didn't good. do in World as much. Yep. And uh, it was the only thing missing from the, the world basic experience. I finally get in there. I'm very, I love it. Mm. Yeah, it's, uh, I mean, I put, you know, e- easily over like probably 130 hours into the base game of world. And now I'm into, you know, uh, a lot of Iceborne already. But yeah. it, it is like you had low rank and high rank in world and now master rank, which used to be G rank, yeah. uh, is now added in. But I think that's what I was going to get at was I, I, I think Monster Hunter is the game that when I was a kid, I wished existed because I would look at the cover art, you know, when, when games are a lot more primitive and you're just like, you have two buttons, it's jump and attack and that's it. And you're fighting a big monster. And in your mind, this cool battle's happening. But in reality, you're just pushing kind of two buttons and it doesn't mean the game was bad. Cause obviously I fell in love with those games and we all did. And that's great. And but I played shit like that into the fucking late 2000. Yeah. yeah. The technology finally caught up with the dream, right? Yeah. The technology finally caught up where, uh, I would look at box art or even magazine covers back when the, in the mid eighties, when like game pro and all these PC magazines would just commission art. Cause there wasn't enough, official game art to put on their magazine or whatever or they couldn't get access to it so they would just make custom art and it would be this cool moment in time of a, of a hunter fighting a giant dragon or a orc or something and you're like i want to do that i want to fight this big thing and feel like i'm fighting a big monster yeah. and nothing ever satisfied that for me and it, even when monster hunter came out i remember michael you and i playing freedom on psp and trying to review it at radar in 2006 mm-hmm. yeah, and, yeah. and just being like Man, this is pretty, this is hard to get into. I do not, I do not get this game at all. And it took me almost like seven more years to wrap my head around it. And three ultimate was the one that both Chris and I, uh, really took to. And now when I play world, I'm like, this is the game I have literally wanted since I was like nine years old. Yeah. Where I feel like I'm fighting giant creatures that want me out of their face at all costs. 
and they fight tooth and nail to get you out of there. And when you have that group of people, it is some of the most fun I've had. Like, I put it right up there with, like, playing Left 4 Dead or that Mass Effect 3 multiplayer that I put 100 hours in just of that. Where, uh, wow. like, those those great multiplayer experiences where you're just, you're, you're all a crisis management all the way. Yeah. I love it. And so, Iceborne is just more of that. So, so I, I talked up World on our top games of the year last year show and uh, i said there though i only was playing single player and and i liken single player monster hunter world to like a dark souls or a bloodborne it's like those are tough boss battles yeah, it's that fine on your you own. earn you have but you have to learn the fights yeah, and you have yeah. to earn it and one thing i i was saying last week is like one thing i didn't like about iceborne is that it, there's a bunch of prereqs you kind of have to get ready for this expansion like they yes. don't go easy on you it's like no no you yeah. need to be this certain rank you yeah, need to yeah. have this certain gear and one, I, and so finally this past week, I was like, shit, okay, I'm just going to do it. I'm just going to be, I had to beat the last three elder dragons mm-hmm. and I finally hopped online and I was telling you guys, I was like, co-op monster hunter is like easy mode. It's like cheat mode, but it's a whole different game and mm-hmm. it's fun as shit. It's like, yeah. it's like, I don't have to worry so much about my perfect dodge and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's like, oh wow, I can just all of a sudden just, cause I use the charge blade, which is a really oh. tough weapon to combo into and it does massive damage it's a big one but it's hard to set up the combos yeah if a monster is bearing down on you and so when you play co-op in that game it's like they can tank and distract the monster yeah. and then i'll fucking just hit them with the charge but yeah. oh it's so yeah, fun I, I, I believe the game still if you're in there with more people the game will scale to be to make the monster more difficult it, yeah it does but it, it, well, it but gives having it more one, health but one other person to distract the monster it, it does make it exponentially easier it does and and what i guess my point i was trying to say is don't get intimidated if you're like well i still have so much to do before i can get to this expansion is i knocked out those three bosses in all of two hours total because yeah. the the community is still so active uh, yeah, there's a ton of people playing and more, I had and more do... now because iceborne but like all these late game folks are going to come in and help you like just destroy yeah. some of the lower like, ranks don't don't bother trying to match make just go into your map and fight fire your sos player that yeah. that's the way to do that to match up it, so even if you are a single player person if you're having trouble that sos flare is amazing yeah like, yeah, yeah. The, the regular yeah. matchmarking making i've never gotten to work the flare works every single time yeah match Ooh, you're playing if you're playing after one o'clock in the morning <laughs> a helpful japanese person will always come in <laughs> yeah. that's when i was playing yeah and if you didn't finish world uh everybody can download it's a free armor set called the guardian armor yes and it basically will get you you still need to upgrade it as you go like with armor spheres yeah. but i upgraded the shit out of that armor. it's it's basic defense will get you all the way to like nergigante high rank like it'll it'll help drag you through and it has then, a health boost it, it has a health boost option and some some other survival yeah, i forget the so. skills that are baked in but yeah anyway and it, a revive it, i think it's it, just it, yeah it's really good yeah anyway. If you got, if you kind of bounced out of it, I would just encourage you try to try to find the weapon that speaks to you, and uh, yeah, just get through world and get an ice porn because I, I I just I am not paid to promote that game anymore, and I still I still adore Monster Hunter, and the community is awesome. The the, the fans of that game, and it's 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 available. You can get the base game free on Xbox Game Pass. It is on yeah. Game oh, Pass, right. yeah. Which um, I mean, now you can find the base game for twenty, and so sure. buying that with Iceborne, it's like buy you know sixty dollar, I guess, for yeah, for a new the, game. <clears throat> you can get there's also a Master Edition, which is a new disc that has them both baked in on, on a disc. So that that's an option too. And like I was trying, like I'm used to a late stage Monster Hunter game that I think wasn't in Worlds. Yeah. So if you're a Monster Hunter fan, like the late stage version is iceborne it's fucking crazy well, it, was, yeah. it was in world but it was through like events and, and other special missions they would give there you was over like time the, there the were tempered a bunch and arch tempered stuff yeah. um but this is like proper it, i mean again even call it late game like it's practically like a 1.5 like mm-hmm. 
that's what the G versions always were. Like we, you know, we didn't get Monster Hunter Four in the West. We got Four Ultimate, yeah. uh, which took everything of the base game and then added all this stuff. But anyway, sorry, sorry if that wasn't clear. But yeah, I, yeah, the American versions are always like New Game Plus retail yeah. version in Japan. Yep. Yeah. But this yeah. time we got both, uh, we, which yeah. we did for Generations also. And if you have a Switch and can't play World Generations Ultimate is on Switch, which is also a great game filled with practically every monster from the 3DS era. So mm-hmm. a lot of good stuff. But anyway, uh, uh, that came out two weeks ago. <laughs> and then last last old game that we're going to talk about. So remember last week we had said I played River through. City Girl. Well, I played through Act Love 1 of River Gears City 5. And, fucking great. And we had heard so much about the other acts of Gears 5. And so I finally, I, I played through Act 2 finally, which is the one where it opens up and becomes the quote unquote open world game. And I got to be honest with you guys, it's it's still Gears. Like, so yes, it does open up. And so Act 2 basically puts you on this map and gives you the skiff, which is like a snowboard with a parasail. It's pretty cool. Um, but the world that you're on itself, the map, it's empty. There are no enemies whatsoever. And so all you're doing is like going to these little places on a map and then it's a tube shooter again. It's like, it's just like gears that lets you surf around from tube to tube occasionally. Like it's not this big revelation that everyone's talking about. It's still gears. And well, so ma- maybe I, I don't know that the, the campaign anyone is talking about as being a revelation. It's a very straightforward story and it always has been, mm. but like, do you have an Xbox one X? No. Yes. Like this this shit is enhanced in a way that like I don't think any other Xbox exclusive has ever been. It looks really good and runs really fast. It's it's the best Xbox One X game I've ever experienced mm. in terms of frame rate and 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 like I don't know, you ever, you know when like oh that area is so dark, this is going to suck and like wow, the little lights on your suit just like illuminate everything you need to create a, a perfect atmosphere it's like the the perfect next gen the next gen plus experience uh i don't know i really wanted to compliment the, the game for I th- that i think matt maybe it's because you haven't been able to play as jack yet and uh i think the game really becomes something Dude, completely different i played i played a ton of horde mode you need one jack player holy shit that's crazy really yeah, dude. One Jack player I was just can like joking. Actually, can, can, can <laughs> trying to get a rise out of ten more waves. Mm. What no. about Batista? I don't like. I unlocked his card and like. I'm sorry. I I remember he said he wanted to be in the game. Like, and it's just like a card's like Batista. Find out how to unlock this card and like. What Batista's in the game? He's, well, he's, Give me he's, what I want. He's multiplayer only, and he basically takes the place of Marcus. It's, yeah, it's, he's, you know, and I, I only play a Sarah Connor, and I love that so much. Like I. <laughs> I've, I've been playing it so much. My neighbors, my neighbors are like, "What Terminator game are you playing?" <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, every day, I love the. Yeah, I was looking at one of Dan Reichert's tweets, and he's like, "I just played fifty rounds of Horde, and it was all Sarah Connor and Dave Bautista wrecking shit." <laughs> it's like a game made for Dan Reichert. I'm like, basically. wow, this is uh this uh, sounds incredible. Yeah, yeah my my buddy Adam, uh, who you've heard on the podcast, who you, you'll hear more soon. Uh, just described as like Gears is like a really fun like 80s action movie made into a game and it's it's, I think on a single player level there's not much they can enhance but what they tried to enhance on the multiplayer end Horde rules I love the uh, and and they basically extended there's a versus I I always hated PvP in Gears but like now it's there's like uh, player versus AI and I think that's great it's just it's sort of more Horde mode in like a deathmatch uh mode escape sucks but it, it should be 
it 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 has potential to be good. The idea of like you have no weapons, you need to run out of this area in a certain amount of time, and they uh, they're procedurally generated. That could be really cool. It's just not right now. But I don't know. I think it's it's a really cool package. It's one of the best Xbox exclusives I've seen in a while. But it's I mean, I think you're being overly nice though. The campaign, I'll straight up say it like. I'm I played bored. Act One of the campaign. I have zero interest in the campaign. It's it's boring. Like I think that's its biggest problem is there's nothing. There's not enough fighting. Like this is Gears of well, it's just Gears now. It's not Gears of War. There's just not a ton of fighting. There's a lot of sequences where you're walking, looking at scenery, and talking about what happened. And I'm just like, well, I don't know, man. Like I it just it's not. I. I'm in Act Three, and I I don't know that I'm going to finish. I think there's five. I'm, acts I'm telling you, check something. out the other features. I am not a quick shooty multiplayer person in terms of shooters, and there's a ton of stuff to do. Yeah. Uh, that's all really really fun. It it's it is mildly marred with like free to play horseshit, yeah. uh, uh, in, in multiple currencies, but like you know. I'm an old man, and it's like ah, everything's behind fucking currencies, and like yeah. Banners and shit. I don't even know how to see my banner. Like, who cares? <laughs> I just, I, I'm just comparing it. You know, the other campaign I'm still playing through is Control. And Control, the shooting's worse than Gears. But Control, I want to know what's going on. Like, I'm compelled yeah. to uncover this story and, and this mystery. Whereas I'm getting none of that from Gears. I'm like, yeah, whatever. It's, yeah, I'm like ha- probably halfway through Control. Yeah, maybe a little more. Right. And I love it. Gears. I think you already know the answer. It's locusts. Y- yes, yes. <laughs> it's well, Doctor. Well, you remember how much we all initially enjoyed Horde mode, right? Yeah, it was yeah. so much fun. Uh, so, so the, before there were three difficulty settings. Now there are nine. Oh shit! <laughs> and it gets it gets ridiculous. And I love bumping it up. And then like, okay, I got to go like three down. That was fucking nuts. Hmm. Uh, but it's it's become that perfect thing where like uh, I'm exporting a podcast and like I have ten minutes, I can go fuck around with a uh, mode and gears uh, for a little bit and jump jump back out. Hmm. I do not do well enough. To get to through fifty waves of shit, that that will take you like over an hour. Yeah, but, I remember uh, Gears Two Horde, like having to settle down. Like, okay, who's got two hours free? Yeah. yeah. Speaking but of two I, hours and jumping jumping out, we sh- we need to kind of plow on. There's there's a bunch of new releases we haven't had the chance to play that we'll mention them. So, Zelda Link's Awakening is coming out the end of the week. Uh, as is, I think the Nino Kuni. You uh, may uh, even be playing it while listening to this. Yes, yeah. Nino Kuni Wrath of the White Witch on Switch, and then it's weird is. They said the remastered version is coming to PS4 and PC, but they're not giving that the remaster tag on Switch. So yeah, I think the Switch one is just the game, straight up the yeah. game. Uh, and then Sayonara Wild Hearts is both Ooh. on Apple Arcade Man. as well as on uh, Yay, Switch. I think it's on so all the platforms. Excited. Isn't it? I'm definitely interested. Untitled Goose Game. Is oh also man, yes, there. they they got so me with excited. that. You are a horrible goose. <laughs> it's and a lovely I, I day. Think in the I, I literally got a date based on knowing the release date on that game because. <laughs> The girl I was talking to, like, there's this goose game. Like, I know everything about that. Nice. <laughs> I can't it's believe it has no title. <laughs> like, it debuted as Untitled Goose Game, and like, no, we're just gonna keep that. Sure, <laughs> like, such a good idea. Yeah, I think it fits. It fits the yeah. uh-huh. tone of the yeah. game perfectly. So why not? And then uh, Genesis Mini will we'll be able to talk more about. I think next next week as well. Yeah. I I just ordered it, and I'm ashamed of myself. Why? It has um, lots of good games. It does. It does. It's just I don't need to. I have all of them in some other form. Mm. I don't love the mini craze, but then I saw the Turbo Graphics mini, which to me is, was horrible. like, yeah, 
Yeah, like that. That's something like I haven't been able to play those legitimately ever. Yeah, uh, I would love to have that opportunity. And so now I have this stupid little shelf in this horrible built-in entertainment center that came in my house. That's just mini consoles, and it's awesome. It's mm-hmm. awesome to have access to like. Yeah, yeah. yeah I have a similar items. similar shelf that's sure. a little NES, Super NES, but. I have a squishy GameCube from my Toys R Us days uh, that nice. no one else is going to have. So yeah. I saw somebody, I, I retweeted this, but uh, somebody on Twitter pointed out that, like, if you... So they have the, the Sega CD and 32X add-ons for the, the Genesis Mini yes. that don't actually do anything. I want them so bad. But if you, if you crack open the yeah. Sega CD one, there is, like, a little Sonic CD cardboard in printout in there. It's not just Sonic CD. It's, like, the circuit board and the drive of the original sega cd like oh, wow. a, a photo of it on this little printout that's inside and it's got sega cd in that's drive. nice it's but adorable that was like not that, that one's like not officially released in the west right i think it was japan only and then Maybe. sega of america since i'm out as like promo material but hmm. I, I don't know if that's a ch- obtainable yeah. uh, keeping my fingers crossed that i can pay an exorbitant premium for that at i some point. as uh as probably the biggest sega cd fan uh hmm. gimme the other thing that's available that's sort of related, um, those SNES controllers, you can, well, you could ah, yes. order those very briefly earlier yeah. this week and then they immediately sold out and wow. they just give you the notice check back later. 40 yeah. bucks. Yeah. And you have to be a Nintendo online subscriber to get access. Yeah. And I got no notification that that was happening until I saw the tweet that they were gone. Yes, indeed. Same. <laughs> Me neither, but I, I got, did everybody get the NES controllers? I did. Yeah. I did get those. It's bizarre how functional those are. Like, if you just leave them in your Switch, you can still use them. So I'll say, as someone, like, I've spent the last couple of years practicing Ninja Gaiden speedruns, uh, and those controllers work really well. Um, yep. Like, I was able to hop in and beat Ninja Gaiden as usual and didn't detect any, like, oh, this really sucks, or I feel like I'm missing things, or it was res- really responsive, and I'm, like, really impressed. So... Really want to get those Super NES controllers whenever they uh, repopulate. I mean, isn't it like the dog bone controllers are regarded as some of the finest controllers ever from any system? Like uh, people just have fond memories of the, those. The dog bone controller they, is nice, but yeah, there's something about the old one that is like the muscle memory. The yeah. way it pokes yeah. into your the, the corners poke into your. Well, hands. I'm not trying to kill it with my hands, mm. so uh, I can hold it like a I was gonna, regular. I, was gonna say, I have I have punched very few controllers since the Super Nintendo and SNES controllers, and I would put them on the ground and beat the fuck out of them. And they would still work. <laughs> I mean, I would throw the controller, but I've yeah, never punchy? punched it like yeah. it like it owes me. Oh, dude, I, would, I would hold one on the. I would put my knee on the D pad and punch inside of. It, just were you pretending that it's, what are that, you that's, that's its Adam's apple? Like I'm cutting off your oxygen. <laughs> it's because it might try and run away. <laughs> like I, that's some MMA shit, wow, dude. What? Man, all right. Yeah. Put it in an arm yeah, bar. Yeah, savage. <laughs> uh, TLDR: Nintendo makes quality controllers. Anyway, it's true. It's true. Yeah. So, is it time to move on? Always to the segment move on dot org or lands yeah <laughs> wow i like it i agree brett yes i like that almost as much as i like our very own special vga hollywood segment, segment. 
Well, you guys know how uh, Hideo Kojima is always posting pictures of himself with celebrities. Like mm-hmm. the past few years, he's just been on the Kojima celebrity tour. Yep. Uh, there's recently a picture of him post, uh, posing with Keanu, Cyberpunk 2077's own Keanu Reeves. Uh, and then a news story came out that basically these two almost worked together. Like it was between Keanu and Mads Mikkelsen for Death Stranding for that role. And he he chose Mads. But well, he is, Mads was much hotter when he started the project. Are you he talking was, he was physically hotter Hannibal and Rogue talking in, in terms of star power? Star power. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, but, but, uh, no, Kojima went on record to say he would love to work with Keanu Reeves in the future. And I don't know. I just feel like Death Stranding, like all of these pictures, are we going to get like a ton of cameos in this weird walking, pissing mushroom? We've game? already had a ton of cameos. There are a ton of cameos in the game. We're getting more? It, we, oh, Benice, or, or sorry, Guillermo del, del Toro, yes. uh, uh, friggin' Jeff Keighley, mm-hmm. uh, who doesn't have his own voice, which is weird. Yeah, Mads Mikkelsen, a bunch of other actors, no, the, Norman the Bionic Reedus's, Woman, Norman Reedus's dick, which yeah, is, if you yeah, stare yeah. at it, he punches the camera. That's kind of cool. <laughs> and then the immediate reaction to that was like, cool, go back and make it so the quiet does that mm-hmm. in Metal Gear Solid 5. <laughs> <laughs> That's ridiculous. Kojima didn't work on Metal Gear Solid Five. Anyway, <laughs> rude. Uh, so yeah, perhaps uh, see uh, Keanu in an upcoming Kojima title. Upcoming Kojima title. It took this long to get Death Stranding gameplay into our eyeballs. <laughs> Did you guys play Sunset Overdrive? A bit. Yes. No. No. no? I did, and I loved it. And that was the one weird kind of sojourn that, uh, yeah, it's, it was the Xbox exclusive that is now owned by Sony. Hmm. How Very does that strange. happen? Well, Sony buys Insomnia, oh, yeah. the oh, makers right. yeah, of yeah. that game. Huh. And so, um, but normally you'd be like, well, who owns the rights? That probably just is dead. No, uh, one of the Sony execs is now on record saying, yes, we own, we now do own the sure. rights to Sunset Overdrive. Wow. Oddly I didn't put that together. Uh, which could mean that that could appear in, an upcoming Sony PlayStation All Stars game, <laughs> all those you know those famous Sunset Overdrive characters like Mohawk Guy or the Energy Drink drinks the guy, yeah. the guy with the magic feet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> He's always standing and talking. You got to surf on phone wires in that game. It was yeah. awesome. I wonder if they'd it's- ever if they'd be able to do something like have uh, like. Spider-Man DLC for it or something so that it's like, you know, Spider-Man meets the Sunset Overdrive universe in the same way that Spider-Man hung out with Transformers and Conan the Barbarian, stuff like that. They could definitely, like, re-release it and add, like, some of the goofy speed-based Spider-Man villains, like Speed Demon or Slide or Glide or whatever. Screwball from the actual yeah, game. <laughs> Screwball would work, yeah. I, I don't know that Sunset Overdrive has the raw star power of, like, a Tony Hawk game, so... True, true. Mm. But it's it's there and it's right there in their studio and you know Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, it's true. Phil Margera is available. You can you can hire him. <laughs> mm-hmm. And and if you're gonna have a crossover platform DLC, I really wanna say before before the end of the year, my favorite movie of the year is pretty much the reveal of Banjo kazooie and Smash Brothers. Like that that's <laughs> something I can watch over and over again. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. <laughs> Something a lot of people could watch all over and over again is Ash from Pokemon anime. Uh, he finally won a tournament, which I think if you do the time, the, the time that show's been running, Ash would be like a 37-year-old man now and I mean, be it's, it's, tragically sad. It started broadcasting in the U.S. in 98, hmm. uh-huh. so you can extrapolate from there. 
Yeah. No, Ash is my age, <laughs> pretty much. And I can assure you, I do not win the older I get. Mm. Ash had never won. He'd come in, not even in second in a lot of tournaments. He was like in the top, top eight, eight yeah. couple top mm. fours, had one runner up. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, the, he finally in the Alola tournament, which was the sun and moon setting, uh, he won. He's a winner. A winner is you, Ash. Congratulations from us here at VGA. We're obviously very, very emotional about it. We're all choked up. We can't believe that it's actually. How many tournaments of the Power Rangers won? What? To the book depository. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. Um, speaking of old things, uh, Final Fantasy VII, the remake, and I'm calling the remake old because that shit was announced like back in 1987. Um, it's gonna have a classic mode, uh, that will let you play not exactly turn base but it will approximate it so it, it won't it's not it's not the full atb system yeah. from seven but it, it kind of slows down the action enough so that you can enter what you want your guys to do next and then you watch you watch all the action play out in glorious 3d and in i mean that's a beautiful looking engine um, yeah it looks great and i mean i am am definitely down i'm very curious to see how they where they cut it off because i know they said it's all midgar midgar this Midgar. one, yes, it's, it's just disc, disc one, game one, whatever they're calling it. Yeah, so that's already a thing to yeah. wrap my head around. But yeah. then I didn't really like the combat of FF15 that much, and it, it, yeah. I feel like this it is itself. I felt this like it is was, a riff on that, and so to is. have this like ATB equivalent, I'm, I'm definitely curious, or you know, curious. I guess would be the right word. I, I Eager to it, know more. I think it is. Yeah, it's it's to to kind of please fans of the original, but it's not. It's not a hundred percent like the ATB system. It's it's yeah. just getting close with this yeah. engine and what they can do. Definitely going to play this. So it looks like a novelty mode that a lot of people will try out and then be yeah. like, ah, and they'll go back and, and play the real time stuff. And I hope that they've you know ironed out the you know smooth things over with the FF fifteen stuff such that this feels or plays a little better. I didn't get a chance to play it in any of the shows because anytime you're at these shows, you're probably working a booth. So ah. I was working the whole time, so I could not play this. But shows such as E three. Such as E3. Did you hear or did anyone read the leaked document uh, that was perhaps came? It was a it was like a, a pitch deck that the ESA was doing, I believe, to its members for possible ways that future E3 could play out. Did anyone I heard about thing? this, but I didn't look at it. So it was, um, first of all, the intended audience here, it's, it's business folks. Sure. Right? Yeah. You know, the members of the ESA are, are big game publishers. So, uh, you're, you know, you're talking your Activisions, your EAs and those type of people. So this, this deck was basically, it's neither of whom are at E3. <laughs> that's yes, exactly. Um, I mean, so we, we all kind of know E3 has needed some change the past couple of years, but it's, it's at least nice to know that ESA knows that as well. And, and they sure. are evaluating ideas. I think the problem is the deck contains some stuff that makes a lot of people a little just skeptical and uncomfortable. Um, so, so the first thing, they are, they, they want to go heavy into the consumer aspect of the show. Uh, and I think right now they sell like 10,000 tickets to the public. They want to increase that number to something like 25,000 according. And again, this is like a leaked doc. So we, we don't know if it's, I don't think anyone's come out to confirm that was us or not. Sure. So. And, and even if it is, it's like, this is, you're in the pure, um, like idea phase. It's conception. I, idea, they're, yeah, they're pitching it yeah, it's a to pitch their members doc, so like, saying, hey, you know. You know uh, can you even fit that many more people yeah. in the yeah. venue that they're talking about? Because the public days, um, the last two years when we were do events at our booth, it's like, yeah, it's kind of shoulder to shoulder. 
depending on where you are, and if you let in 10,000 more people on top of that, like, I don't know where yeah. they're going to go. I got to compliment you, by the way, Brett. You had the best looking statue I've ever seen at any gaming show. I agree. Very proud Monster of it. I'll, I'll tell you exactly where they're going to go, Brett. They're going to take off their shirts and they're going to rub up against you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I'm wearing spikes. No, they're not going <laughs> to rub up against Brett. They're going to rub up against the celebrities. Cause this deck yeah, was all about. True. Creating opportunities for the public to see celebrities and sure. influencers sure, at the yeah. show floor. Like basically the, the plan they showed all of West Hall, which is traditionally the – that's the Nintendo, the first Microsoft, and one, yeah. Sony Hall um, is – has there's a bunch of stages. Like there's like eight experienced areas where the things they're talking about would be like you get to see like the Los Angeles Lakers playing a basketball game or – you get to see this other celebrity, which is like E3 has always had celebrities, but it's usually like yeah. the publishers. Well, Brett, you, you yourself, you brought out some of my favorite wrestlers to compete in a Street Fighter tournament, right? For it Capcom. Was, it, it was, was, it was wonderful. Yeah. We yeah. had New Day and, uh, the Elite came out in 2018. Yeah. Um, that was awesome. I ran into Kenny this year, actually on the show floor. And he's I was a, like, what are you he's doing? He's a good here? man. I'm incredibly, yeah. I'm incredibly proud. I made Steven Seagal uncomfortable in E3 like 20, <laughs> 2010. You made the man who makes everyone uncomfortable uncomfortable. Yeah, dude. I ran up Chris to Joe and I ran up to the top of Sony's <laughs> booth because like we heard Steven Seagal was there. I'm like, he very much was and looked ridiculous. What an mm. asshole. Mm. I, I should should have mentioned so, uh, this this was all leaked to gamedaily.biz or were the folks that grabbed this. So we mentioned, yeah, increasing the public uh from ten thousand to twenty five thousand people to counteract though, they're talking kind of copying what Gamescom does and having just a press day. Like the first day would just be press all day yeah, long. Yeah. I mean that's that's still the distinction I feel with E three is the overall attendance of this pales in comparison to TGS or Gamescom and some of these other international events. Uh Brazil Game Show as well. I mean it's not even close. Yeah, and we did it. We did a laser time on conventions recently, and I think Japan holds the record with like a game convention with half a million people in one day. Yeah, events like G Star and, and some of these events in Asia, they have more people. But I'd, I'd say E three is still the most influential gaming show for so at least the Western side of the bit. That's definitely been the you know that's its legacy for sure. Mm-hmm. But I think what they've had trouble. Real, you know, dealing with is the fact that Nintendo doesn't need a press conference. They can do Nintendo Direct and Sony has state of play or just, you know, skipped it entirely this year. And Xbox also, I think, wasn't even on the show floor. They were adjacent. Uh, they they the, had the Microsoft Theater yeah. at the LA Live that they've been the last two years. Yeah, two years. And, so it's like, what is, what is the identity of this show? Because I, what I don't want is for this thing to just disappear because one, right. Long ago, E3 was like the man. Imagine if one day I can ever go to E3 because it was of industry only. And frankly, there's a lot of business that still takes place there. So it is a little strange to keep trying to turn this into some bigger thing yeah, when right. it's like, no, it, it's originally meant for business. But as but I told they, these guys, real E3, real three is that mm-hmm. takes place offsite. That's at the JW, man. Like if you want to see the the deals taking place, it's like. The meetings, well, it's that and like the meeting rooms above the show floor. Yeah, yeah. But the show floor is like, I mean, the booths we have, like there are still sales meetings happening in our booth. Yeah. And the show floor is the, is where you show off your swinging dick. It's like you're, you're showing off. Look how big we are. Look how much money we can spend. I think part of this is actually the gaming press's, you know, chickens coming home to roost because like the gaming press spent 
so much energy hyping up E3 sure. as like this big, like, yeah, yeah. yeah. not not just a show, but like a, an event, a yeah. festival, like, the like Super this Bowl huge of thing. gaming announcement. Yes, yeah, and yeah, I, I think the, the reality the reality was we were never supposed to know the name of E3. It was a it was mm-hmm. this clandestine thing for business folks to come and meet up yeah. together in a convenient it was place for retailers. To order games, yeah, and, yeah. and that's, why, that's why the would original. Want, yeah. Why would Nintendo want to announce a year's worth of shit on top of Sony's year's worth of shit and Microsoft's year's worth of shit? It doesn't make yeah. any sense. Well, it, it it became this thing where yeah, now it it started from this trade, a true trade show, and then it became this big event and press event where everyone started stepping on each other's toes with announcements, and yeah. then things like streaming technology made it yeah. so I can make an announcement to my fans anytime i want and yeah. nintendo started doing direct or i could so be the revolver and like like launch a movie from a taco truck across the street yeah. <laughs> so the thing i loved about e3 in particular was um because they actually stuck a camera in my face and were like tell everybody why you love e3 and i'm like well i actually have an answer for this and it's you know whether it's social media or from the marketing side which is what i just wrapped up two and a half years doing it, it's like i feel like to me e3 was you're not like there's still a little bit of business done but it's the only at least in the u.s it's the only this is a video game show it's for the games industry it's for this medium and it's a place for us to like celebrate what games are pushing the envelope what publishers are making a difference what the state of the state of the whole industry right because comic-con is always games and uh pax is definitely game centric but it's not – it's more of a, a community consumer. event. Yeah, it's more yeah. of a consumer G- event. GDC and, is the other game show, but that's more – It's more academic it's, and it's, it's – Yeah, it's more how to develop games and, and developers kind of presenting to each other of sure. a business study or, or case study. Yeah, and game. there's definitely lots of interesting panels you can go to there. But it's – again, it's not the same thing. So yeah. for E3, that's – like to me, that's what I – I love the fact that it's the game show mm-hmm. meant for announcements and bo- big bombastic things and like let's just – Let's make a big statement. And over time, it got out of hand. Like the 04, 05, 06 E3s were outrageously uh, over, over, like bloated with parties and insane booths. But what I loved about the last couple years working on the marketing side was we made booths that were like, they're modest compared to what used to happen. But they were, I felt like our booth last year and our booth this year were just, these are the modern equivalent of like pop-up things where it's all about Instagram. It's about Twitter. It's about you missed out not coming to E3. Like, yes, this consumer day, get over here. We've got mm-hmm. these weird gimmicky booths that you need to come take a photo with this giant prop hammer and yeah. this giant dragon. And look what Doom Eternal is doing over here with this themed area. Look at the cyberpunk booth. Like, and the year before it was the Resident Evil 2 remake, a zombie maze yeah. with Mega Man 11 over like big themed area. Like, we try to go hard on like a themed event that you like, damn, you should have been there. And look at my, look at the photos I took. And that, that is the thing that I would want these physical shows. If they can maybe position themselves as something like that, where you're not going because it's this prestigious thing that has this legacy. It's because I'm going to go and I'm going to have a fun time, take a lot of fun pictures and I'm going to, and along the way, maybe announcements happen. Maybe they don't, but Making an event that, like, you can't replicate this with a Nintendo Direct. You need to be there. And for what's worth, Nintendo's booth this year, awesome. All the Link's Awakening dioramas, this entire Luigi's Mansion area that felt like a Disney dark ride. That's cool. Very cool. And you can't stream that. It's not going to be the same thing. So 
to me, that's the something in that ballpark is yeah, what I, I would hope E3 Christ, can I, I replaced Warp Tour with E3 in my life. <laughs> I did. What? This annual event I show up to and, and revel in the things that I like. And, and, and I can yeah, see yeah. them all in one shot. It's great. But and I like think Comic-Con is, is that, but it's so crowded. The booths can't really get that wild. Well, you, I think I you think, have like one photo op, and that's kind of it. That's what's weird is like I think ESA kind of is like they co- they're contradicting themselves in this deck because they talk about the stuff you're talking about and how to how to make it so more people can play games or experience those things, but then they mention like they still want to have some stuff that's reserved. This is their language: exclusive slash appointment only activations for select attendees who will create buzz and FOMO, fear of missing sure. it, straight up in the deck. Yeah. So that's like talking like we want to cater to influencers and make yeah. people think they're missing. And it's like, okay, well, wait, I thought I thought you wanted to make this for consumers now. And then you're talking like yeah. exclusive stuff that the ex- consumers can't have. So I yep. mean, some of the stuff in there is just smart. Like they want to do that thing that Sony's been doing for the past few years where they have an app where you reserve your appointment to play games versus waiting in sure. line. But so I talked about there's some stuff in here that made people uncomfortable. One of the elements there, they talked about increased opportunities for advertisers to to give people experiences while they're in lines. That's what the people want. That's what the people are demanding. Give, give them what they want. Give them what here. You want this free energy drink while you mm. wait four hours in line? Uh, I did get a free balls back in 2004. Mm-hmm. Oh, God. Mm-hmm. B-A-W-L-S mm-hmm. while I was standing in line. Initial drink of run like hell. It yeah. was. <laughs> yeah. I just I, – I do want – whether it's E3 or whatever, I just want to maintain that feeling of going somewhere in person and experiencing and being enveloped by this thing that you love. Like whether it's the warp tour thing yeah. or like going to PAX, I feel that energy. I feel the, I feel the community. I feel people there. Yeah. And I love that show. Um, and we brought for Monster Hunter, we brought Velcana statue to PAX yeah. and Borderlands had a bunch of cool statues and there's, there's so much activity and that's why that show is so fun. So, if E3 wants to like channel some of that and you know it we still need a show for business. Well, I but, think but so having maybe it's the business yeah. day that's the quieter one like okay come in get your work done and then tomorrow yeah we're opening the floodgates and people come in. I, I think you know they're like they're, TGS does that and there, there's BGS, more stuff they could do. So like Gamescom Gamescom is a clusterfuck, don't get me wrong. It's um, a lot of people. There's a too many people, but they also they've been, they always they're really smart about they have the business area and the yeah, consumer yeah, area. And, yeah. and and when people talk about the clusterfuck, that's the consumer area. The business area is always business fine. Business area is fine. I've only been once, but yeah, the the public area was I've never speaking of the ram that's of the insane. universe. Holy crap. Uh that is the most people I've probably seen in one spot at one time mm-hmm, in my mm-hmm. life. Yeah, same. That, that was where I literally got stuck in the merchandise hall for an hour, <laughs> just shuffling one foot at a time to get out because I, I took the wrong path to try to see oh, something man, else. You're boned. So, yeah, so, but they they do make they do good things there in terms of like, okay, here's our business area. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They they also have a press day, and so I think there are things ESA could copy there and improve. Email. Um, but yeah, it's uh, this this pitch. I don't know. I, I, you're right, though, Brett. Like, I think there is a place to have like these big consumer events where you do get excited about games right yeah you need you need the hype week the but hype I, weekend whatever it is you but need i think that. pax pax had been doing that but pax is none of them feel big enough you know so maybe e3 can be like the biggest version of those because it, it is a bigger it's just bigger than, than PAXs, you know in terms of the floor space and kind of the amount of money people are spending for their booths and stuff like that sure. but i think i think they do need to figure out what their identity is soon yeah I, that, that's also not I, I don't get the sense that that's pax's goal is to yeah. be is to be that i think they're trying to do their own thing which is why that show is so fun yeah pax is great um 
I, I'm not one of those people that it's like, oh, E3 is going to die. E3 is going away. I think it will always be around in some form. It's just it's, tough. They, they got to figure it out. It's tough that we have to watch them publicly try to figure this yeah. out and go through these growing pains. It's, uh, yeah, yep. it's a little rough. Uh, nice. but that is all the news, Michael, that is fit to play. Let's move on to the community segment, which as always is segmenting our, our community. community. Last week's question of the week, as you might remember, was what's a piece of game music that you made up words for as you were listening to it? We have two guests who were not here last week. So you'll get to share. Your time to sing, suckas. Chris Baker. All right. You know, I, I personally don't have one. I, I guess I wasn't creative in that way, but I did have a friend who oh. whenever we played uh, Mike Tyson's Punch-Out!, and, uh, oh, hey. Don Flamenco came in. You remember his, uh, tunes? Yeah, yeah. And he, he raised his arm up, uh, like he was, had a rose in his mouth and, yeah. and like his arm was up on his head or something like that. And you could see his armpit. So that's kind of the, the genesis of, of the, the, the reason behind this particular theme, which I heard probably in 1988. And I, I still think it whenever I see that. And it's, uh, uh, something like, these are my armpits, my armpits, my armpits, my armpits really smell. <laughs> my armpits, 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 armpits really smell. So just something like that. Yeah. Uh, Michael, you got that music for us? We can all try that. I, I do. Hang on a second. All right. Let's do Here this go. together. This is from the Wii version. These are my armpits, 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 I'm not editing this. I'm not editing this. These are the new releases. Everybody cares. Just for credit there, I don't remember if it was my best friend from childhood, Michael Carberry, or his brother, Matt Carberry. I think it was Matt Carberry. But, yeah, from from Houston, Texas, circa 1988. Wow. All right. Did you used to hang out with him in, what was it, the Sad Clown arcade? Oh, the that, Yeah. From a few weeks ago, I I, I wrote in about the uh, Shy Clown Arcade. The yes. Shy Clown Arcade. <laughs> the Shy Clown Arcade, Shy which I can find zero evidence ever existed anywhere. I, yeah, I'm just imagining a clown dropping a handkerchief. <laughs> I'm imagining a clown like hiding behind a tree. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't want to yeah, be spotted. Well, I just shy. At, at what I was six or seven, I think, when I used to go there. So yeah, it was it was cool. It's, it's a clown. It's right next to my daycare. Don't find me. <laughs> I'm hiding. I head out in gutters and wait for children to rip their arms off. Yeah, wrong clown. No, okay. yes. Uh, Brett? This clown hides at the dump and does smack. Why does it, <laughs> why does your clown talk like that? Because it's creepy. Why is your clown towely? <laughs> hey everybody, I'm a clown now. <laughs> um, I feel like I've answered this on a microphone somewhere before. Probably. But Sonic 1, uh-huh. uh, whenever someone was not around, uh, well, there's, there's two variations. There's, it's the Sonic 1 invincibility music, which I have here. Um, you would just say whoever is in the room, you would put their, you would insert their name, and then you would say, uh, in this case, let's just say it's me, and it would be Fever. Hang on. Let's just Wait, play. I, I got it pulled up here. Okay. Hit me with it. Brett's got big butt fever. The fever. Brett's got big butt fever. Yes, he does. Yes, I do. Uh, but if no parents were around, and this is like we're like ten or eleven, so you can use bad words, it would turn into 
Oh, you want me to pull it back? I up? want you to do it again. Hang on a sec. Brett's got fat ass fever. Worth it. Worth it. Uh, wow. But yeah, I, I don't know where that came from. Like I didn't, I did not originate it, but it just, it just emerged as this thing and, uh, it's stuck with me ever since. It sounds like, to be honest, you're kind of riffing on Jungle Fever, like Stevie Wonder's song. <laughs> Brett's got Jungle Fever. Y'all got Jungle no. Fever. She's got Jungle Fever. Well, then that's on Sonic 1. I can't take credit for that. <laughs> Uh, Chris Antista, you weren't here last week either. Did you have one? I do. I can send it to you. Okay, hang on a sec. Uh, it's it's the worst, and I fucking hate it, and I, I don't even want to talk about it ever again. This is the last time I'll talk about this game ever in my life. <laughs> here we go. So, like, all this is Mickey Mouse Capade Woods, which is a very difficult level to reach. Uh, uh-huh. And I would just improvise here, like, fuck this shit. I hate this fucking game. Fuck you, Minnie. I wish you were already dead. I hate you. And, <laughs> and so the I hate I you, I would always retain. Everything else I would improvise. And, I, and it just, like, I, I'm, I'm as bored as you are listening to me point out differences in generations and being older. But, like, the idea of constantly playing a game you hate, that you think was strong about uh, it. Hey you. <laughs> like, like, I'm, I'm so glad that doesn't exist anymore. That you don't, I don't have to spend 10 to 20 hours a week playing a game I fucking loathe. And, mm-hmm. Because and, your parents spent 40 bucks on it and in 80s money, that's an, an immense amount of money. No, my dad returned RC Pro M for me to get this fucking game. It's a $50 <laughs> game. And uh, you don't have to fucking wince, Brett. You don't work, A, you don't work there anymore. B, this is all Hudson Soft's fault. They made this game. The Capcom. And I, did, I didn't games say or emote anything. <laughs> mm-hmm. he, you did do like that floss dance, though. So. Well, I, that's just my natural state. Yeah, yeah. that's true. He's always your standing idol. here. Hips, yeah. hips <laughs> what is the original backpack adult? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> I don't know what that means. Uh, backpack kid, man. The floss. All right. Well, let's get into the community answers. I'm 56 years old. How do I? How am I supposed to know this shit? <laughs> Telepathy. Uh, <laughs> uh, well, on VidgeGameApocalypse.com, hey buddy, you got to slow your car down. So let me in. Says, well, here's the YouTube hmm. link. First off, yeah. Uh, when Smash Brothers Brawl came out, my brother, friends, and myself would sing the following to the oh, theme song, this one, yeah, where the vocals were. Oh, we are friends. Tiny, little, little tiny, friend. tiny friends. Most of us are friends. We're friends till the end. <laughs> yeah, there was a very famous. There was a famous like internet video like when Brawl came out of. Uh, most he, of us are friends. You kind of fucked that up. Little tiny <laughs> friends. I'll do my full opera. You want me to go full opera? I'll go full opera. Why do you go full opera? And Most of us are friends. Wow. Jesus Christ. And we are friends till the end. Oh. Brett, make it stop. I'm pretty impressed. I, I, <laughs> I know. Say. I can't believe BG has its own fat Same. lady. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> it's fat man, wow. man. Yeah, well, repeated until the woman sang, and yes, we belted them out like opera singers. Because there was that, like, call me papa, bee bee hoo. 
Uh, Matt Brunel says, can't really remember any of the bullshit lyrics I've come up with out of either boredom or frustration, but my four-year-old daughter is addicted to playing Mario 64 on my OG N64, so all I hear in my head while she does is the damn raccoon song on perpetual repeat. Mm-hmm. Thanks, guys. Thanks. I've broken your brains! <laughs> um, from the Laser Time Facebook community, uh, Fatcom. Okay. Uh, I'm just going to shorten it to that. Yeah. Uh, Luke Beatty says, during the Metal Gear Solid alert theme, I'd sing Metal Gear Solid over the main part. Uh, those were literally the only lyrics. <laughs> but I always hear it in my head. So. Metal Gear Solid. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. Metal I'm never going to be able to hear it again when I think about this. So as, as an aside, I, I played this game, uh, Metal Gear Solid, when it came out with my girlfriend at the time. and Me too. At every at the end of every uh, but a, but alert a, phase. But alone. Oh. Yeah. No, I, I, was, cool. I was actually yeah, with her in the room. She oh. was paying attention. At the end of every alert phase, <laughs> they say, return to your positions. And she just thought it was, they were saying, we're cardio physicians. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, okay, dumb story over. Go ahead, Chris. Oh, next dumb story. Chris? Uh, from Twitter? Well, I, you were going to tell a dumb story. Oh, no, no, I didn't have it. I had a bad joke. I'm, I'm not ready to do it oh, now. okay. Uh, I'm good. Um, <laughs> Petsy Cola says, does this count when I was young and first read Ocarina of Time? I thought the Queen, uh, Queen Goma's name was pronounced Gohema. And would repeat uh, repeat the chorus of "I want candy" by Bow Wow Wow, replacing "I want candy" with "How do you do this?" Queen Gohama, Queen Gohama, I hate it. There's nothing else to that song. Stop making things up, man. We have video responses first from Schnazzy One. Hey guys, it's Schnazzy One. Uh, so that's an interesting challenge. I figured what I would do is, uh, basically my answer last time, which was, uh, Cyber Hot <laughs> from Rock and Roll Racing on the SNES. They had to cover a Paranoid. And I used to do a little ditty to Paranoid, uh, with my favorite character at the time, uh, Cyberhawk. So I have a little ditty that Looks lost is on there. top of a cover that's already a rock song. But anyway, without further ado, I might as well sing it for you. Here we go. <laughs> oh, boy, we're really getting into it. Every day I'm Cyberhawk, I'm Cyberhawk, I'm driving fast, driving down this road and stuff. Ooh, am I, and I've dodged it really fast. <laughs> Somebody stop me. Oh, no. Man, the live, the live <laughs> sessions. Cyberhawk, Cyberhawk, we all do Cyberhawk, that with that song. Cyberhawk's got a cool damn car. Shooting missiles are dropping. My dumb punks shooting down these guys real fast. I'm Cyberhawk. I can't be stopped. Drive around this turn. Uh-oh, here comes another missile. I'm in first place. I'm in first place. Driving, 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 
And it basically is just me bullshitting, but with Cyberhawk thrown in all the time. It's that was whenever I'd rent this game, I'd do it. Oh my god! I Cyberhawk. I just, I think I just like saying Cyberhawk. All right, love the show, guys. Mike, uh, you're awesome. Michael, you're awesome. Uh, and uh, everyone else, Maddie, Chris, your wonderful, beautiful, incredible guest. Uh, have a good one. I uh, hope I make it on time. Special. Oh, so so that was my favorite thing I've ever, that's ever happened on the show. <laughs> so yeah. I'll, I'll good. That. I yeah. appreciate that. So I that, very brave of you. That Thank was you. so long, and we have two people calling in. I for I was convinced. At one point that there was just a sixth person on the call, <laughs> and I almost started asking questions. <laughs> uh, and I gotta say, like, I was traveling so much over the summer, and I just, like, listened to old VG Empires, and it came to a point where someone said my name, and I just, like, sat what? up at a restaurant by myself, like, yeah, what? Oh, sorry. And I thought I was on a call. <laughs> Because you do so many remote calls, and I'm just like, and I hear like, so Brett, I'm like, and I me like shoot up from like my fork like falls off the table, like yeah, I'm I'm paying attention. Oh fuck, this is me (laughs) from like eight years ago. Uh, We have Doctor Manhattan over here. (laughs) We have one more from you old so and so on Twitter. Why, did, why does he have a Gallagher delivery? <laughs> this isn't him. This is, this is like a video he found, right? <laughs> Sounds like there's 50 people in here right now. <laughs> what is happening? How did you get the kids in the hall to sing this song for you? Eat all your food. You go to Mario again, no. Well, thank you. Uh, oh we'll never get to hear that song again without thinking of that. Oh my god. <laughs> okay, if this. <laughs> Yeah, this, this has almost half a million views. This can't be him. This is from Cool Boobs on YouTube. <laughs> Man, fucking choice YouTube name has got it, got it all. Oh, good on you. You made us laugh. Oh, Thank you. Cool Boobs. Uh. Is it boobs with zeros in there? Yes. Yeah, of course and it cool is. And cool with zeros in there. Damn. Too. That is like right out of hackers. Thank you. You also begins with a car just like swerving down a road. (laughs) Why did they get Paul Lynn to sing vigorously masturbating? That is. Who else would you get to sing that? Don't forget Uh, the the guy nail voice. (laughs) 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 It was either him or the Rock Lobster guy. (laughs) Vigorously Uh, masturbating. Win the Rock Lobster. Got it. Yeah. (laughs) Wow. Oh. All right. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I love that I can't even all I heard was like the first six words and that's all I heard. <laughs> <laughs> and everything was just this un- like the rest of it was uh just the other weird owl 
version, <laughs> like the the halfway through Dare to Be Stupid. Video read to me by the Talking Heads. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, like Weird Al has like the the one way he'll sing, and then there's the other like Dare to Be Stupid halfway in. You better squeeze all the charming you can. <laughs> While Mr. Whiffle's not around. While Mr. Whiffle's not around. <laughs> all right, new question of the week. What is, uh, with the Genesis Mini coming out, um, what is the next console you would like to see get that Mini treatment? For me, it's a no-brainer. It's sitting right next to me. Uh, the Dreamcast. The Dreamcast is overdue for some sort of nostalgic wider release. Hmm. I would love to see some of those games be made accessible again in a, uh, on, on something that can output video that does not look like shit. Uh, through sure. HDMI, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, what's the what's the five games you'd want? Uh, That's pa- a bonus question. Power Stone, Shenmue, um, sure. Blue Singer, Zombie Ill Revenge, Ill Bleed is good. Oh, um, House oh. of the Dead Two, Skies of Arcadia. If you can somehow get it to work with a light gun, yeah, Skies oh, of yeah. Arcadia is that's really good. And Sega um, Gaga with a full translation. Oh God, yes, please. <laughs> It's not a, it's not unheard of anymore. I mean, if they were Nintendo, it, it would have been done last year. Mine mine's easy. I know I know a lot of people have been clamoring for the N64, but I say fuck that shit. Mm-hmm. What are you going to like all four good games for that platform? No. There, give me There's Ted. Give on. me my mini GameCube. Yeah. That, right. That's Fred what I was going to say. Just give my me mini Mario GameCube. Sunshine HD. That's all I care about. Give give me mini Sunshine. Give me mini Resident Evil 4. Give me fucking mini Metroid. Switch. You can have it right now. I know. You can have a lot of these games on these other platforms that's right why, now. That's why I think mini GameCube give, is like a Give rough me one. Metroid Prime, man. Give me fucking F-Zero GX. There's one that no one mm. can Yeah, play. but we talk about mini like, Luigi's I saw Mansion. all these articles about how all the Wii U games are now on Switch, but like Wind Waker HD, will they ever bother? Eternal oh. Darkness. Yeah. Give me mini... T- Give me mini Animal Crossing where I get to play my mini NES systems in my mini basement Man, of my mini house. That is like Inception level of... Uh, mm-hmm. Make a new Animal Crossing called Minimal Crossing. <laughs> uh, really Animal is, Crossing. It really is this entire thing eating its own ass. I, I, I think <laughs> mm-hmm. It's just half-formed animal hybrids going, kill me. <laughs> so yeah, min, mini, uh, mini GameCube, please. Yeah. With the mini discs! The- you know how small those discs would be if yeah, they were just mini? Tiny decorative discs. I mean, it's already done in a joke way, but uh a mini Sega C D is actually pretty appealing to me just because that is a difficult system, like one, it's very none of them are built super strongly or you know, super sturdy, so uh whether you have a model one, model two, CDX, like that thing, take delicate care of it. And between the original, like, Lunar, Lunar 2, Popful Mail, uh, Sonic CD, uh, and there's just a lot of other, like, random, like, Lords Panic. of Thunder. Dark Wizard is one of my all-time favorite games. Yeah, there's 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 so much fun stuff on that platform. Not to mention, they could go deep with all the FMV games, like, just as pure history, like, w- weird oddities, like Sewer Shark, Tomcat Alley, Ground Zero Texas. Like, those things do not deserve to be remade, so... <laughs> Mad Dog McCree the, with the trilogy, baby. <laughs> So, like, put, like, to have one of those, and even if it's only, like, 20-something games, like, I, I mean, I'll be the weirdo that buys it. Do a limited run. You do exactly as much to make it, like, break even or, or like, mildly profitable or whatever. Holy, you know what would be really fun is, like, release that Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch video editor, but, like, with no original music. 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, they had dude. They had uh, crisscross NXS. I think yeah, had one. Marky yeah, Mark played two of them, and they they had the same like public domain clips. So just you know, give us that. Feel the reverberations. Yeah, <laughs> Jason and the it's Argonauts. The karaoke, yeah. the karaoke stock footage of like, uh, here's a man on a beach. Uh, but yeah, I would love to see the Sega CD. Uh, <laughs> um, because I, I just have one, I have a lot of fuzzy memories of it, but also like those, a lot of those games are like super lost. Like, yeah, yeah. with all the remakes of Lunar, you're not going to get the Sega CD one again. Uh, Snatcher was on Sega CD. Like there's, mm-hmm. there's a lot there to, to pull from. And, uh, through, um, I come, I forget what it's called. Like the Mega NT, Mega ST, whatever it is. Uh, Mega SD, I think is what you're, you're getting. Yeah. You're, and it's yeah. a great way to play Genesis games. But, um, if you combine those with like things like, uh, like for example, on the NES, uh, you can get the, the analog NT, which plays Famicom and NES games. But then that also, you can use an EverDrive or a power pack that will let you load files on, but then it runs off the hardware. So you're not emulating the games. They are running off of the hardware, the actual NES hardware. So I think the, that Sega, uh, the Mega NT, sorry, Mega SD, the, right? The system's the SG and then the SG. cartridge is the SD. Yeah, and they're, they're totally different companies too. So yeah, it's, it's oh, confusing. Wow. Okay. Yeah. But th- there's a way you can like through weird like uh Ouroboros uh, chaining things together and and using this thing with that thing. You can get Sega CD files to play, but it's like what I want is a legitimate way to play these things and not have them like lurking around in the shadows somewhere where I've got to buy multiple things to make them work. I got the CDX. I got the games. I can hook it up, but it's going to be in a stupid RF switch or something else. Like what I want is a clean official way to uh to purchase those games so in conclusion <laughs> yeah boy vigorously mastered <laughs> <laughs> it is it's a good system it's it's like this weird shoulder system that was sort of between generations it's so a, i don't think a lot of people yeah. played that it's much. a bizarre system that that i didn't have right away but a friend did and we it was when you would go rent a system at a video store yeah, it was all the rich kids had that same yeah. cd yeah. and like like by the time model 2 had been out for like six months i was able to get one um caused a huge fight in my house uh but was able to get one pretty late in the game, and I loved it. There were so many weird things on there, and uh, otherwise I would have been Turbo Graphics, but that's coming out with some yeah. duo games on it, which is preposterous to yep, me. With Snatcher, well, untranslated. If I can read Japanese, which yeah. uh, not mm. yet, I'll learn. Damn it! No, I won't. I won't. Someone been, else been don't. trying for six years. Yeah. It's a tough language. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, you know, I think my choice would actually be the Game Boy, but in a very specific uh, way, uh, where it, uh, it comes with, uh, you know, take your pick. I'm not, I'm not gonna go after the games right now because there's so many of them, but, uh, it comes with, you know, 30 games packed in or whatever, but there's also a slot where you can put games in. Come on, why won't they just do that? Yeah, um, it should, it should know, come with a slot in one game that crocodile pinball game. That's all you get. <laughs> uh, um, yeah, I couldn't think of it. I still have it. Uh, <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, that, that's that's my uh, kind of Turbo uh, Turtle. That's what is I'd it just like Tale of the Gator? Yes. <laughs> yeah, that's what it is. Yeah, that, that's yeah, the one, that's the such a good one. game. How come no one talks about that game anymore? Uh, that was the only game not stolen when my game Reve- was... Revenge. Was Re- it Revenge? Re- Revenge of the Gator? What? Revenge of the Gator. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I'll believe any answer at this point. As long as <laughs> Gator's yeah, Revenge in. of the Gator. Yeah. You work at Zen Studio. You work for a pinball company. Come on. Help us uh, out, Seabank. 
Well, that doesn't mean I own the rights to Revenge of the Gator. You own every pinball game ever. You have tables filling your basement. Come clean, Seabake. Wish I did. That'd be awesome. Uh, <laughs> the no, but it, it, it actually, it, just a, as a general note on all of these mini systems, like I, I kind of don't understand why they haven't created just a slot where they can like sell like small cartridges of thirty games. Like, you know, imagine if you could have your uh, your just SNES Classic or your Sega Mini or Genesis Mini, and buy a cartridge a couple months later. You know, it makes the the system itself lasts longer and it gives you something to look forward to. With more I games. think the Neo Geo X Gold did something like that, oh, where really? you could buy okay. like SD cards full of games. You know, the PlayStation could actually have some big games <laughs> on it. Chris, are you fighting your cat? She's in full werewolf mode. I don't know what's happening. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Chris B, what were you saying? <laughs> Uh, no, no, just that if the PlayStation 1 had done that, it could have actually had some more good games uh, down yeah. the line instead of, uh, you know, the assortment we got. Yeah, there's some good games on there, but... I think doing that is like them admitting the pirates have won. If if they put a yeah. slot on those systems, it's like, yeah, you're good. There's an entire market pirating, on yeah. Yeah, and all that stuff, and, and they could capitalize on all of it. They could lead the market and all of it by adding a cartridge slot that would play older old shit. Yeah. Uh. Well, Chris, I said GameCube. I, I, I want the game. I, I the only Nintendo games I'm missing from like playing now are, are GameCube games, in my opinion. Like everything else is kind of easy to put on another platform, and the GameCube games are just kind of starving, sitting there alone and isolated. Plus, it has it has a handle. It's adorable. Mm-hmm. You want to pick that thing up right now? I want to see. Yeah, and now that we have phones with cameras in them, I want to see someone get beat up with one. What? <laughs> I do. <laughs> I want to see someone beat to death with a specifically purple GameCube. But the mini wouldn't be that heavy. The mini would be it wouldn't do much damage. It would be a longer video. <laughs> I just want I just World Star Longer than what? I can't uh, even World Star. It's so exhausting. What? Uh <laughs> And then we can talk about how video games are responsible for deaths. <laughs> <laughs> Which system do you want to see someone get beat to death with? Uh, let us know. <laughs> <laughs> that has to be a future question of the week one day, which is like, what is the deadliest controller uh, or system in a fight? What do you think water would taste like? Uh, <laughs> N64 controllers is what I'm going We're going to do this forever. Uh, so, new question of the week. Uh, what system do you want to see come back in a mini or classic version? Let us know. Go to VidjaGameApocalypse.com. Answer in the comments for episode 334. Or hit us up on the official Laser Time community on Facebook. There'll be a thread there where you can answer. Or hit us up on Twitter at VGApocalypse. That's been our show. Let's go with some plugs. Chris B., what yeah. do you want to talk about? Well, you know, you can look at all the Zen Studio stuff at zenstudios.com, zen underscore studios on Twitter. Uh, you know, me personally, I'm at, at cbake76 on Twitter, and you can find just a ton of stuff about me there, including my YouTube channel where I plan to have uh, actually a Genesis-themed video this week. I, I was recently on another podcast, the Player One podcast, with my friends uh, from EGM, and uh, we did like a a Jeopardy style quiz uh, where we went back through uh, a very old ep- issue of EGM that predates all of us uh, the 
November 1992 issue had like this buyer's guide for Sega Genesis stuff in there. And it's, uh, it, it was very quickly, hastily made, and there's a lot of, uh, bad descriptions and grammatical errors, and we kind of went through that, and each, like, description was a Jeopardy clue. So, uh, they had to guess what the game was. It's a lot of fun. So that'll be on, uh, superhero.vg, my, uh, video chan- my, uh, YouTube channel pretty soon. Cool. Thank you so much for joining us. Yeah. Oh, uh, oh, also, right. uh, this weekend is Batman Day. Yeah, and it would be a Batman Day miracle if you checked out my uh, Batman video from June, where I talked about uh, the '89 movie and and the, the the impact it had on my life, which was I love it. Thank you. Yes, Virginia, there is a Batman. <laughs> I'm Batman. Uh, Brett, uh, anything you want to promote? Maybe some Rock Timber stuff. Uh... <laughs> So yeah, I mentioned on VG Empire, which is at VG Empire on Twitter, uh, or VGEmpire.com, where you can go find all the game music podcasts dating back to 2011. Um, yeah, I gotta go on a bit of a, uh, well, the episodes have been posting so sporadically over the last couple years, frankly, that, uh, it just got to a point where, uh, a combination of wanting to just true up and be like, hey, we're about to hit 150 anyway, so it's a good time to finally do that Chrono Trigger, Chrono Cross episode that I always said, if I did this, this was kind of the end or in for now kind of moment because those games are like too impactful and the soundtracks are too just voluminous to discuss. Uh, that would have to be some kind of milestone. And so we hit that and then the combination of starting a new job and it was already very difficult to, to keep it up, just finding the time, um, which sucks. But my hope is to come back to it someday. I definitely don't feel like this is the end forever. So we did 150 with uh, my co-host Patrick Kulikowski. You can end the no- podcast? Anytime, man. Oh, God. <laughs> Just walk away. There's been too much violence. Um, Just walk away. So I had that I, the end in mind, and it just really lined up well. We're like 150, Chrono Trigger, all this stuff happening. So it's a good way to go out and just kind of acknowledge, because there were times when it was like six months between episodes, and like, what what is that? Um, that's not that's not a show. That's when I can get around to it. So that's not fun. Um, but then it was also like, well, I'm going to have this week off in between, uh, and I want to maximize that time. So, uh, we didn't get to do a October this year, obviously, because, uh, it'll be, I'll be also like freshly starting new gigs. So not a good time to try to record a bunch of podcasts. Um, but it always wanted to do street fighter because there's so much great music, uh, from street fighter, you know, one and two, all the way through the alpha series, all the way through three, third strike four and five soundtrack is incredible. So I've been wanting to do that for a long time like recorded them all very quickly uh and i've been editing them like every day of my break basically to get them out on time uh but yeah they're, they're all posting now up on vgmpire.com so that's episode 151 through 155 and that is the farewell tour for now uh which is rock timber rocktober and september because uh, that damn dj who really uh mm-hmm. stuck it to me with his legal yeah. mumbo jumbo do you remember the 23rd night of Rock Timber? Am I right? No. <laughs> 29th? No, it'll be done by then. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, it'll be a new episode every week. By the, actually, by the time you listen to this, I think the Street Fighter Five episode will be live, and that'll encompass all of Street Fighter 1 through 5. Uh, I had a blast doing the show, and I love recording that show, and I love the comments in in that uh in the website uh of each episode like people sharing their thoughts of the games other songs that they liked other things that those composers did trying to have a real conversation about game music there and 
the show was always such a positive source of just entertainment and getting people together. I really loved it. Um, but my hope is to come back to it someday. But wanted to just be upfront and just say, like, yeah, it's going on hiatus. So if you don't see an episode for eight months at a time, that's why. Yeah. Uh, but someday. 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 We've already got a lot of ideas for future episodes, obviously. Um, so we'll, we'll get to them someday. In the meantime. In the meantime. Maria, say do you remember? Maria, <laughs> dancing to rock timbre. I hate that. The di- and it's, I hate that name so much. <laughs> that, the, that the first Rocktober is Castlevania music. Uh, but it's just like, I'm sure it was Chris made the joke of Rocktober. And I'm like, yeah, let's do that. And, uh. And here we are, uh, nine years later. A one-word point of order that sends us down a spiral of a decade of obligations. Oh. <laughs> Wonderful. Uh, which I feel like so much of adult life is like, yeah, can you handle this? What? Yeah, I can do that. And then smash forward nine years. Why did I say yes? <laughs> Leave me alone. I have to do this thing. Speaking of which, uh, support this whole network at patreon.com slash time. Maybe leave us a buck or five. If you, you find that to, to be a Forderlands. <laughs> Did you say a Forderlands? Hoarder. You, don't, you don't want to be a Hoarderlands. Uh, okay. If that's something you can afford, Orlands. And, uh, um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, this week we were launching the season three of uh, Elm Street Nightmare featuring me and Lizzie Killian. She's a different name now. Um, true. And uh, doing Child's Play, Chucky. We're just tackling Chucky throughout seven episodes. So uh, check that out. I think we'll have some freebies on the Old Elm Street Nightmare free feed. But uh, Patreon will have brand new episodes of that, including uh, ten episodes from uh, last year about uh, Friday the 13th. Sorry, Jack. Chucky's back. Mm. Is that four or three? I can't remember. Two. Two? It's the like one of these vague memories I have driving around Atlanta as a kid. Uh, I had a driver's license. It was weird. Um, <laughs> but uh, driving through Atlanta a lot, um, like touring the CNN and the Turner stuff, uh, like whatever. And then there were just Child's Play 2 ads everywhere, like on billboards and on buildings. And it was like the him with the hedge clippers about yeah, to cut a, the jack, the in, the jack box. in the box. And, and it's one thing yeah. Lizzie and I talk about because like Chucky was – for a little kid was still genuinely terrifying, especially if you had a my buddy doll. And, and like my first trip mm-hmm. to Universal Studios, like wh- you're just haunted by Chucky posters. And like, I'm here for the Hanna-Barbera ride. Can you just relax with Chucky <laughs> shit? I'm here for Jabberjaw. Uh, what does Jabberjaw sound like? I forget. Yeah, <laughs> it sounds like Curly from, curly the, three from the Three Stooges. No respect. No respect. Oh, I'm mixing yeah. up my celebrities with this. Impression. These wow. characters are awful. <laughs> no wow, I think you have no my respect in awful characters. Bitch, I'm curly from the three. <laughs> wow. wow. Thinking of, uh, speaking of no, no respect in awful characters, we do a wrestling podcast here on the Laser Time Network called Cheap Popcast, which is, uh, comes out every so often um actually as we're recording this uh wwe's nxt Ugh. is premiering on usa and uh we're gonna be talking about that soon as well as the the draft that the wwe has coming up uh as well as some other stuff some surprises that uh tl my co-host and i are, are planning for rocktober oh come uh, on now uh so yeah uh, stay tuned um that show there there are Patreon exclusive episodes available only at the $5 or more level per month. And then we also have shows we throw up in the free feed as well. But that is Cheap Podcast on Twitter. And then I am at Maddie C. Allen on Twitter. What is your AEW coverage plan? We we did cover 
the recent AEW show, in addition to NXT TakeOver UK Cardiff. Cardiff. Walter, baby. Combined episode, that Walter match was Walter is worth so that. good. But he's, right. you know he's only 6'4". He's like short for, for main roster standards. Huh. I wish you I was can't dead. position a guy as a giant. Right. When I've he's got like five beers in my bladder. He we carries, really need to cut he this short. Well. Yeah, he, he, he looks, looks really bigger. intimidating. Yeah, he, well, it's because every guy there is like 5'8". Uh, uh, as <laughs> always, you can follow us on Twitter at VG Apocalypse or me personally at Wikiparas. That's been our show. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll see you next week. Anyway, about Walter. Well, let's see what happens if I turn it off. Okay. Yeah, no, no rush. Um, I just keep hearing good things. So yeah. it's, it's funny. Like, like, okay, how's that? How's that? Whoa! That's the coolest thing I've ever heard. More, 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 more! Bark, 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 and that is that is straight up going in like a Toys R Us in 1990 and pushing every button in that one aisle yeah. full of yeah, toys that make different. noise. Sounds like the the tunnel in Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Yeah, yeah. Man. that was madness.